Oh, this music for Black Widow is crazy. <laughs> we get, our, we get the, the live reactions for Andy. <laughs> I'm getting, well, I mean, that's the other thing, too. We're getting the nose up live reactions for Andy because where his camera is. Oh, yeah, we don't even see your mouth. <laughs> Can't tell if you're smiling or disgruntled. You just hear your, yeah, hear your, hear your music impressions. <laughs> Sound like a cat. <laughs> and cat reacts to the trailers. <laughs> oh man! Whoa, that's cool. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and His Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And Mike Bradley. I always wait a little bit because you do pause. I, I think you extend the pause to make us wonder who you're going to call first out on that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make sure you're you're ready. Have your intro yeah. ready. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, hey, it's me. Check me out on Twitch. It's Darth Pooey. I'll be there playing games. I'm too tired to go further into it. Let's get to these trailers. <laughs> it's what I do. Uh, speaking of what we do, we're going to cover some trailers on this episode. Give our impressions up through episode five of The Mandalorian. And that will pretty much be the meat of it. There's a, a good bit of trailers to cover. I mean, Rise of Skywalker is basically the gift that keeps on giving. It's one of the biggest movies of the year and only a few short weeks away. So all the movie studios are looking to get all their trailers in front of that when it hits theaters. Which means it seems like every day we're getting a new trailer to talk about. So th- we're going to record and talk about Black Widow, Bond 25, which is now titled No Time to Die. Free Guy was a new addition from what well, we caught yesterday. We're going to talk about that too. We're recording this Sunday morning. We're already aware of two other trailers coming out in- within the next day. At some point, we're getting the first trailer for Wonder Woman 1984 today. Tomorrow, we're getting the first trailer for Ghostbusters, which I think I've seen titled as Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, so we're going to try to record an additional piece probably tomorrow night and after both of these trailers are out, and I'll just kind of drop it in for the edit. Um, and I also think at that point we're going to finally discuss The Mandalorian because Andy still needs to watch the latest episode, so we're going to give him an extra day to catch up before we can get into that one. So this episode will be jam-packed. <clears throat> and... You know, I'm sure, I'm sure in the days that follow, we're probably going to get a few other trailers. As of right now, I don't know what other trailers we're planning on getting. I haven't seen anything talked about or teased, so anything after this point will be a surprise. I think Mulan is definitely coming. Oh, Mulan's Mulan's already out. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, watch that, it was a, that was that was a couple yeah, of days ago. Yeah, pretty sure that was already out. I see. People I are all up in arms about it already. Week. Well, they're yeah. That's welcome to the internet. Yeah. I haven't even watched it, and I know they're probably just annoying jackasses about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't read too much about it, but yeah. Yeah, I Sorry, I didn't read ahead. the comments for that. I did watch the trailer, but I didn't I didn't read the comments on it. It's probably better to stay away from all that shit. Okay. Oh, yeah, stay away from it. Um, Toxic. 
so yeah, if anything else comes up, we'll try to loop back around. I don't know if we'll actually get it able to be able to try to get to it before uh, Rise of Skywalker or anything like that. I, we have a couple. We already have our next episode planned, which doesn't fit with movie trailers. So I don't know when we'll come back to it. If we can try to tack it onto something else, we'll see what happens. But uh, for right now, that's that's our plan for these ones. Uh, so let's jump right in. The first one we're going to talk about is for Black Widow. Uh, the movie is some sort of a prequel, which I'm actually not sure if it takes place after Winter Soldier and before Civil War or after Civil War and before Infinity War. Does anyone know? I haven't seen anything that says specifically. Um, putting together like context clues in the trailer, I wasn't able to tell. Okay. Yeah, n- neither was I. Because I feel like she kind of goes off the grid in both of those gaps, so I don't know where this takes place. So hopefully we'll we'll figure that out when the movie comes out. Um, it is set to release May 1st, 2020. It is directed by Kate Shortland, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, I tried to look her up on IMDb. She directed some TV. Looks like three movies that I didn't recognize, so there's not a lot to go on for her. Um, stars Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, Rachel Weisz, William Hurt, and Jim fucking Hopper himself, David Harbour. So, <laughs> where do you guys fall in the trailer? trailer? What do you think? I mean, I, I have one initial question. I didn't look on IMDb, and I know you have. Do we, do we know um, who's playing Taskmaster? Because I'm assuming that is supposed to be Taskmaster. He is, yeah, Taskmaster in the trailer. I didn't look that closely at imdb to see stuff like that i'd rather not know so i didn't look that closely to see who is credited as taskmaster okay i I didn't know if they had announced like usually with a villain you get an announcement of who's playing them you know what i mean i I just didn't know if they were trying to keep that a under wraps or if it was going to be something we found out. i'm gonna try to just quickly i'm not i don't know if i'm i don't know i'll try to look continue talking okay uh, my initial thoughts um, looks good. Uh, I saw a thread from uh, the guy who is going to be directing the Metal Gear Solid movie, who's been like pitching it for a while now and writing it, who was uh, drawing a lot of comparisons in the way this looks to some of the Metal Gear Solid games. There, there's a lot of like... Um, very similar costumes, shots, sets, things like that, that uh, reminded him of it. And he posted a big, long thread about it. It was kind of interesting to see. Um, I don't think they're taking this down a Metal Gear Solid-esque storyline because they're not Kojima and they're not kind of crazy. Um, but I think uh, the aesthetic of it, having a good bit of that to it for a spy kind of movie, I would assume... Even though it looks more like an action spy movie, kind of in the shades of Bond more than Mission Impossible. Um, since we're talking about Bond as well, they kind of have a similar feel and tone, I think, to me. But this this looks good. Um, David Harbour's appearance there in the trailer is hilarious and exactly what you'd want from him showing up in a Marvel movie, I think. I think he's <laughs> going to be a lot of fun. Did you follow uh, this enough? That did look like it was going to be really funny. Did, did either of you follow this movie enough to know who was in the cast, or did were all those things a surprise for you watching the trailer? I knew David Harbour. Uh, was no, I think actually, cast. I think we actually talked about it on here. We probably did. Who like some of the casting calls? 
the the one that surprised me because I, I knew Rachel Weiss. See, I knew about Rachel Weiss. I knew about David Harbor. Okay. Okay. I knew David Harbor. I didn't know Rachel Weiss. So one surprise and one not. For yeah. Me. But um, yeah, I definitely would say it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad that they're not rehashing Budapest in any way, that they're just letting that be its own mystery kind of thing. I was hoping we weren't going to see something like that. We may get some more references to it, but I'm glad they didn't go that route. Um, you think I we'll, don't know. I still want to know what happened in Budapest. You think we'll get an appearance by Hawkeye somewhere in the movie? I think we saw him, didn't I, we? That was like flashback cut from <clears throat> like the first Avengers movie, I think. No, wasn't there a scene with a look like a Hawkeye suit? Uh, oh, you talking about the guy in the mask? Yeah, it looked like a almost like an Iron Man suit. That's Taskmaster. Oh shit! Okay, so that's the that's the villain. Yeah, which uh, okay. to your question, Mike, I don't see anyone listed on IMDb as Taskmaster. I keep saying ta- Taskmaster. Taskmaster. I'm kidding. It's not Hawkeye, but <laughs> um, I guess it depends on what time frame we're in as to whether or not we'll get the appearance by Hawkeye or not. Because I think if this is after Civil War, when he is like officially retired, so that he doesn't end up crossing, you know, the Sokovia Accords, I don't think we'll see him. Yeah, right. If it's after Winter Soldier, maybe. Yeah. That's true. Uh, so I not knowing the timeline, I can't give you my true opinion on yeah. that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'll throw it to Andy. I, I it looks awesome. The costumes look cool. The sets look cool. The story still seems kind of vague, which is good. I don't want major story elements in trailers, and I feel like this doesn't give you a great deal of an idea of exactly what's going on here. Right. Yeah. Um, Andy, what are your thoughts on the trailer? Um, pretty similar to Mike's. Um, my favorite part, I think was David Harbor putting, putting on his, uh, uh, what captain Russia, what the hell's his name? Red guardian. I believe yeah. red guardian or yeah. Um, that was pretty awesome. And seeing him in a little bit of an action sequence was really cool. Yeah, he almost looked like um, I thought I caught like a little bit of the Henry Cavill arm reload in one of the shots. Like it's it's cut where oh, you really? can't like you can't see it as well as when Cavill did it. It's not a full body shot, but it looks like he's it, you know, it's hard to tell if he's just brushing himself off or if it's like look at me, I'm arm reloading. <laughs> but I think it's in there. I mean I, I like when he pumps the muscle in the yeah. air kind of thing. Yeah. Like Yeah. Um Do we know anything about Red Guardian? I personally don't know anything about the character. I didn't try to research him or anything. I'm just going to let... At this point, I'm going to let the movie tell me what it wants to tell me, and then if I want to find stuff out after the fact, I'll check it out. Okay. But based on the trailer, the stunt stunt work looks really cool. And I know I was making fun of the music before, but it was actually a really cool, like, intense sort of music, which which I dug. Yeah. so I don't know if that was just trailer music or if you'll actually hear the the weird in the in the um in the movie itself. 
Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, Scarlett Johansson looks awesome as usual. Uh, it'll be it'll be cool to see you know a little bit more about Black Widow. You know things that we've just been curious about seeing her in all of the other Marvel movies. So yeah, yeah. I mean, she talks about you know family in all that in the other Marvel movies. And here we see her with this other family of sorts that, you know, it seems like at least from what they show in the trailer, that they're going to be introducing like another backstory for her that has more mystery to it that maybe we like, cause it seems like, Oh look, the family's coming back together. And it's obviously not like her blood family. It's, you know, her spy family kind of thing or whatever you want to call it and i think there's going to be some backstory to that that maybe is also left in the world of the unknown where we don't get the full backstory to all of how they came together and what their past together was about well i feel like they'd have to give us something i mean if we're if we're trying to get invested with these people for the movie they got to give us some sort of backstory on everybody yeah, yeah I feel like we'll get but I'm sure it'll be semi vague. Yeah. Well, that, okay, that's fair. Some vagarities. Um, which is cool because sometimes I like vagarities because it sort of leaves it up to the imagination. Yeah. But then sometimes I'm like, no, answer that fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> is vagarities your own word? Yes, I made that up just <laughs> okay. now. Hashtag, is that like vagarities or? Like I'm, I'm just trying to put it together. But it, yeah, no, I, I get it. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the trailer does look really good. I, I like the, that they're going back to the Winter Soldierish vibe, like the spy thriller type of thing. Because Winter yeah. Soldier is still like my favorite MCU movie. So to just sort of tap back into that genre for me, I'm really excited about the uh, I. Because they play it up like um, Florence Pugh, I think, is supposed to be like Yelena or was it Yelena? I don't know. Some an, a character that's supposed to be like a mirror image to Black Widow or sister or something like that from the comics, from the vague little bit of knowledge that I remember. Do you think that we will get some sort of passing of the torch in this movie? Like maybe Black Widow is the title that Scarlett Johansson, obviously, spoilers for Endgame and stuff, but she dies in, in current... <laughs> canon in the movies so could we see uh her sister character pick up the mantle of black widow for like movies going forward do you think that's a possibility it's an interesting thought you know and then the black widow's not actually dead but she's a different person yeah it's not natasha anymore right um maybe so I'm curious if like how, like the end credits or something of this movie, if it takes place like present day, seeing you know uh, her sister reconnect with some of the remaining Avengers or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, do we ever like we know that Black Widow is called Black Widow, but is she ever actually called the Black Widow in the in any of the MCU? That is a good question. Because technically speaking, I don't think she is, personally. I, like, I don't recall any moment where they refer to her as the Black Widow. Yeah, because everybody calls her by her name. Nat, Natasha. 
So perhaps this is them crowning, or not crowning, but announcing that her sister is the Black Widow and that she's just been Natasha Romanoff this whole time. Yeah, that could be. Maybe there yeah. is no torch to pass because there was no torch to begin with. That's all I'm trying to right. really say there. Hmm. You know, like maybe at the end we get that kind of scene that you're talking about where her sister goes and meets the other Avengers in some way. And they ask her, like, oh, who are you? And it's, I'm the Black Widow. And then you're like, what? <laughs> uh, did anybody else think that William Hurt looks fucking weird in that trailer? Like the de-aging is not finished? Yeah, I feel like it's not finished. I'm, I'm hoping that's what it is, because otherwise it just looks weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I guess there's a reason they didn't show, like, Tarkin for Rogue One long, like, in the trailers. Because it probably was not finished at the time they were putting those trailers yeah, out. Yeah, and that was have looked great. smart move. And I think this was maybe just like, you probably should have held him back from the trailer and just had his voice in there or something. Yeah. Over a different shot if you wanted to convey what he's saying in the trailer. Just until it's more shiny, more polished, because that did not uh, did not look great. The only thing I can I can sort of predict or guess for the story is like because she's talked about going back to where it all began. So I'm I almost feel like the the story is leading you to believe she's gonna maybe take out like the red room where she was trained, so there would be no more like. Black Widow assassin assassins coming out of that program, like you know, destroy the program that created her, kind of thing. Is what I'm getting. Yeah, that's my that's my guess as to what we'll see. I'm just gonna be interested to see how Taskmaster plays into it all. Yeah, because he's kind of a mercenary, so like we have to assume somebody's paying the Taskmaster because that's by the character's standards, that's how he operates. He gets paid, he goes out, and he does what he's paid to do. Maybe this is the jumping point from that. Maybe Taskmaster, Taskmaster, I'm doing what Brian did, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, started out as what we see him here and then becomes a mercenary. Uh, that could be, yeah. Yeah, this could be like his origin story. Like almost like, yeah, 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 which I think would be pretty cool. Either that or he doesn't finish his job and then we get him for Black Widow too. <gasps> I mean, I I think it'll be interesting to see how they play him because he's an interesting villain to throw in. Yeah, you know, I mean, because if he is at that point in his story where he's just the mercenary, mercenaries are typically, you know, difficult to play off as villains because they, you know, like they're not as... Um, invested, yeah. Yeah, they're, exactly. Not as invested in the actions they're going to do. So, they're just that, you know, hammer to a nail. And... Yeah. I gotta do this or I don't get paid. Right. I always felt like Taskmaster would be a good villain against, like, any one of the Avengers. So I'd almost like to see him come back and play off of other events. Because his whole thing is, like... What he, like, trains in everyone's fighting style, so he knows how the Avengers fight, so he knows how to counteract their fighting, or just fights similar to them, so it's just, like, even playing field. What do they call it in the comics? It's like a, um, 
It's like a photographic like, memory, but it's physical. Yeah. Like he mimics or something. It, it, yeah, they, they they had a name for it, and I can't remember what it is. Like they actually had like a name instead of a photographic memory. It was like a s- something very similar, but to describe his fighting style. Yeah, I don't know the word. Unless I, th- I think for the Avengers, he, I mean, he's still a good match for all but Thor and the Hulk. Yeah, he, he he's not standing up to either one of them in any capacity. Like he's. By the time he learns what the Hulk's going to do, he's going to be smashed to a bloody pulp. And the same goes for Thor. Because he has to fight them and survive long enough to learn the move. Yeah, I guess I'm, I started thinking like Hawkeye and Cap, and but Cap's gone. Well, I guess he could he could fight Sam. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to toe, toe-to-toe with like Winter Soldier and Sam. I mean, in this movie and in this timeline where Black Widow's at, Cap is not gone. True, but he's not going to be in this movie. No, nah, maybe not, but, you know. Nonetheless, yeah, fight, seeing him fight Sam would be cool. Seeing him fight Bucky I'm, would be cool. I'm assuming it, okay, if, even so. if Taskmaster is the villain then, like, whenever, the, since this is the prequel, whenever it jumps up to, like, present day in the in the MCU timeline, that maybe he could come back then. So I'm thinking, like, who's on the field around at that point? So that's why I'm thinking Sam and Winter Soldier, and even Hawkeye, if Hawkeye still around and kicking i don't know we don't know what his series is going to do to hit that character but that could be interesting too okay so the taskmaster yeah the taskmaster has the ability to absorb knowledge instantaneously this ability is linked to his muscle memory allowing the taskmaster to instantly replicate the physical movement of peak level humans using these photographic reflexes the taskmaster is highly skilled in various forms of combat Photographic reflexes. Photographic reflexes. I think that's the term I was. Yeah, I think that's what you're going for. for. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I mean, yeah, he's a very interesting character for someone like Natasha to take on, because she's a hand-to-hand combatant. Yeah. She's not super strength. She's faster than your average person, but not like superhuman. Right. Faster. So she's, you know, this highly skilled combatant who's going to meet somebody that that doesn't matter for. Her hand-to-hand skills are basically negated by the Taskmaster. Yeah. I don't, kind of think of it, I don't really know anything about the character underneath the mask. I just know what Taskmaster looks like and sort of like, you know, what the little bit that we've talked about just about him now is pretty much all I know. I don't know anything about the dude underneath. Yeah, I'm thinking about that as well. I don't know that I've ever seen any kind of origin for who's in there. So maybe maybe that's why he's not on the IMDb page, because it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, the actor will still want well, credit true. for being in there at some point. But for now, it doesn't matter. In the, in the movie's credits, we'll at least know who was in yeah. there. But yeah, it could be the case that you know, in the MCU, you never get the Taskmaster unmasked. You know, he's just always, you know, Mandalorian style. Yeah. The mask doesn't come off. Which I think I'd be fine with, too. Given the state of the character in the comics, I agree. Um, Anything else for Black Widow? I think that's pretty much all I thought about. Could be a fun entry for Deadpool as well, since Deadpool has a lot of uh, Taskmaster fights. So in the future, it could be something like mm-hmm. we see Deadpool 
versus Taskmaster because that's one of his primary villains. But it was one of those things where Fox had Deadpool and they had Taskmaster over at Marvel yeah. that they couldn't do before. So it'd be cool to see Taskmaster survive this and show up for a Deadpool movie in the future. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's okay. It. Andy, I liked call. it. I'll see it. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. That will work. Uh, are you guys going to watch any other trailers for this one, or are you you one and done for promotion for this uh, movie? Going to try and one and done it, but it, it's tough with social media these days. So, Did you say try to avoid it. Yeah, try to okay. avoid it. I'll probably just watch them. Like I don't, I don't feel like this one's going to have any major spoilers in the trailers. Um, it, but I guess every time I think that. I'm like fuck because I watched another trailer. And yeah, spoiler. the sad thing is you don't know until you watch the trailer really what feels spoilery and what doesn't. Some of them are fairly obvious, yeah, and true. then some of them you don't know until you see the full movie. But I, I, my general rule of thumb is movies I'm interested in, I will watch the first trailer and stop. Because by second trailer, I think you start to see a little bit more than I don't want to. If they do a third trailer, that's your spoiler trailer for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you see Doomsday. Yeah, I would agree. There was like well, it's yeah. a good example for that. Like the the last thirty second spot they put out for Rise of Skywalker has more spoilers in it than the rest of the trailers combined. Did you watch said spoiler? So, yeah, I haven't kept myself from them because <laughs> it was just like it was thirty. It was a thirty second trailer, and it was like you're like this can't be that important. Right, like <laughs> it's just going to be like a, a you know a, a cut together stuff from other trailers is what i was expecting and there's like it's 30 seconds there's got to be 12 to 15 seconds of new pieces of trailer they put in that 30 seconds mm-hmm. that i don't know that there's spoilers in it but it's just like percentage wise there's more new content in that 30 second trailer than there was in the last three yeah so yeah i'm saying i'm still so i've been pretty clean so far i'm pretty proud of myself I'm, I, that's awesome you've got 10 days to go or yeah, something, yeah so we're well, 11 we're in the home stretch i'm just gonna yeah never turn on the tv and go out of my way to watch any of that stuff online uh all right so next up we're gonna jump to james bond which uh this is no time to die this movie is directed by carrie fukunaga probably best known for directing the first season of true detective uh it's okay. got five okay. writers attached to it which may or may not be a good sign. We've got Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, who have written, or at least helped write, every James Bond movie since The World Is Not Enough. Uh, Scott Burns is listed as a writer. He helped with the screenplay for Born Ultimatum. He wrote the screenplay for The Laundry Mat, which is out on Netflix now, with Antonio Banderas and Gary Oldman. Uh, he wrote and directed The Report, which is out on Amazon now, with Adam Driver. Uh, the next person credited with writing is the director, Carrie Fukunaga. Lastly, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is credited as a writer. She wrote and starred in Fleabag, created the TV show Killing Eve, and also starred as L337 in Solo. So, I like her. I don't know how she fits into this script. It seems like she's very out of place compared to everyone else that was listed. So, I don't know. Uh, This is the 25th James Bond adventure. This is the 5th for Daniel Craig. Uh, Besides Daniel Craig, it brings back a lot of returning actors like Lea Seydoux, Ralph Fiennes, Christoph Waltz, Naomi Harris, Ben Wishaw, Jeffrey Wright. 
the young son guy in Daniel Craig's Bond movies, as far as I'm concerned, Roy Kinnear, who plays Tanner, who's briefly seen in the trailer. That guy's in, like, ev- all these Craig... He's always the guy that gives Bond, like, the exposition and, like, catches him up when he shows up to MI6 and stuff. That guy's awesome. I love that guy. Uh, the movie also adds... Rami Malek as the new villain. Lashana Lynch comes back. Or not comes back. She is added as a new double O. And Anna DeArmas from Knives Out. And I didn't realize until I looked her up just a little bit ago that she's also from Blade Runner 2049 where she was Joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie set to release April 10th, 2020. Uh, what'd you guys think of the trailer? I'll let you go first, Andy. I went first last time. Well, I was I was uh, slightly confused by the trailer because I think of the Daniel Craig um, Bond movies, I've only seen the first two, which was what Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale. Casino Royale. I, Casino Royale. Yeah, and I have uh, I've seen um, I have not seen Spectre or Skyfall. Okay. Are those the other two? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so um, I really, actually, I thoroughly enjoyed Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. I thought that Daniel Craig is an excellent Bond, and and I was, you know, I wanted to see Skyfall and Spectre, and I was going to, and then, and then I didn't. <laughs> well, there's time <laughs> to make up for that. Um, of, of the two, Skyfall was definitely the better. Yes. Um, Agreed. Spectre would probably help you understand what's going on in this movie more, it looks like. Um, but Skyfall is definitely, in my opinion, of the of Daniel Craig's Bond movies, it's the best one so far. Skyfall people, was better than Casino Royale? My opinion. Oh, wow. Okay. That, I'll definitely... Yeah, that's my opinion. I liked one of the Solace, but Casino Royale was, in my opinion, better. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I think the reverse of Mike. I think I, me personally, I think Casino's still the best. Okay. Craig. Well, I, no, best flat out, just best James Bond movie for me is Casino Royale. Oh, ever? Yes. Oh, I'm not going. I wouldn't go that. See, far. I don't. I. I'm still a live and let die fan. I watched personally. a lot of the old ones. I don't felt. I never felt as invested in a lot of the older ones, like Connery or Roger Moore or any of those ones. Um, Goldeneye was always the one for me. For, for Pierce Brosnan was the one that was like top tier. But again, that's the Bond I grew up with. So Brosnan always had a soft place in my heart for, for him as Bond. Um, sure. But I agree. yeah, I think I'd Casino Royale that. topped Goldeneye for me, which again was my previous favorite. So for me, that's where my logic falls and Casino Royale's top for me. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I would say Live and Let Die, Goldfinger, um, Goldeneye would would be my top three yeah and then maybe skyfall and then even maybe casino royale right after that mm-hmm. but uh live and let die to me is just I, i'd like roger moore is not even close to my favorite bond but that movie i just i, I love it i love that that's movie. a that could be an experiment for us at some point but like the since i was never really invested in james bond if i watch them now i'm wondering how they hold up for me 
like the the older ones if if they're still gonna be like oh those are good or it's just gonna be like these are really outdated and just bleh. <laughs> that that's one of the reasons I like Live and Let Die is because it holds up. If you watch that one, there's not a whole lot of like the crazy shit they got into in some of the later Roger Moore films and some of the Timothy Dalton stuff. You know, like Moonraker is absolute fucking nonsense. <laughs> you know, it, like there's some of those James Bond movies during the late 70s that just got into terrible, terrible. Like, they tried going sci-fi at points when they should never have touched sci-fi. They should have just kept it as a fucking spy movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of tainted it for a while and until Pierce Brosnan came back. But then again, The Living Daylights is still pretty awesome. So I that's, guess there is that's like Living Daylights was Dalton, right? Yeah, yeah. That was is that the one where he rode the cello case down the ski mountain? Yes. Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, that 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 one. Yeah, that's a classic Bond movie. It, but th- again, that's one where they took away from the sci-fi shit that they had started doing, and they started going back to a more grounded, you know, action spy movie. So. I think some of them will hold up really well, and others are going to be like, wait, Jaws just bit through a steel cable with his mouth? That I remember. Like, <laughs> yeah, or they have lasers that they can shoot people with. Like, in Star Wars, it works. In James Bond, it doesn't. <laughs> like, there's there's a line you have to draw. Well, that's the one between, thing James Bond, you know, the franchise as a whole, has always done, is what's popular in pop culture? Let's make a Bond movie like that. So, Moonraker yeah, is obviously, are... like, Star Wars is popular. We have to make James Bond a Star Wars movie. Oh. <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, Craig's Craig's Bonds are the reaction to the Bourne movies. Uh, yeah. I was thinking Mission Impossible more than Bourne. See, I... No, they're, they're pretty... They're sort of on the same wavelength. I think Mission... The Mission movies are much more stunt-oriented. I never felt like the Bourne movies were that stunt-oriented. I, I think they, they were more... Like, but I feel like fight the Bond choreography. Are. Yeah, I feel like the Bond movies have a lot of those stunts. Like that's a that's a thing for Bond movies, and it always right. Happens. So maybe it's a it's a combination of the two. But I I always felt like it leaned more towards Bourne with more focus on blunt instrument having hand to hand fights and like Bond was always the suave one, and then Bourne comes out who's just beating the shit out of everyone every time he needs to get some information, and that's what Bond became. Which I which I appreciate because I feel like none of the other bonds, um, really could go toe to toe. Like you you don't really see Pierce. I mean, he fought a little bit, but you never really saw Pierce Brosnan or, you know, like, really bust out some serious you know, MMA style type stuff. Yeah, you know? he just. I mean, for me, Pierce Brosnan was he will always be the bond that takes the, you know, the the boat that's flying and. Dives into the yeah. river with it, and he's, he's straightening he, his tie under the water as yeah, the he, music plays. It's like he's a tech bond. I like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. I love that version of Bond where it's just like it straightening the tie at this moment is important. <laughs> um, but this version of Bond with Daniel Craig, the kick-ass version, I dig it too. He has moments like um, that though. There's that moment in Skyfall when the train rips apart and he just lands and then straightens his cufflinks and goes. Yeah, that's true. Spoiler, for uh, it's in the trailer. Oh no, that that's in the trailer. I saw that. I knew that part. That's what made um, me want to watch the movie. 
And then I did it. <laughs> Apparently the marketing <laughs> failed for you. <laughs> so I don't know about you guys, but a lot of my um, Bond experience has always been wrapped up in, uh, I can't remember what, what cable station used to have, like the Bond marathons. Yeah. But it would always like play at like um, uh, holidays and stuff. I sort of like yeah. the, the original trilogy Star Wars stuff. Um, and you would just sort of catch snippets of Bond like through an entire weekend uh, of this marathon. And yep. I, I, there's a lot of old Bond movies that I'm familiar with vaguely, but I can't say that I've ever sat down and watched the entire thing start to finish. Honestly, that is my Bond knowledge right there. It's all the TV marathons. It was just like, well, I'm around. I'm just going to put it on and let it play and whatever yeah, I catch, and then I you'll, catch. You'll, you'll, you'll get up and get some food. You'll sit back down and be like, oh, he's kicking the shit out of this guy now. And, you know, like you'll talk to somebody and then you're like, oh, this is a cool scene. You know, just it, it's so like sort of sporadic. And I feel like the sad part is because of those TV marathons, the one that I feel like I remember more vividly than others and watched a lot was Never Say Never Again. And I realize now, years later, that it's not, not even a Bond Yeah, it's movie. not Bond canon. Yeah. Never say never again. <laughs> um, it's just a remake. Yeah, it's like what Thunderball. Mm-hmm. It's a different studio yeah, that that had to fight the the rights for Bond for that specific story were tied to two different people. So one studio made the canon Bond movie Thunderball, and the other studio made the remake of that movie Never Say Never Again, which is just the one off by another studio. Yep. So yeah, that one for whatever reason still and because it has Connery in it. It it always people threw me. Just thought it was Bond, yeah. and then people went to the theater to see it, and they're like, "Uh, what the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> um, I see you guys are saying that's your Bond experience. I personally, I own the like the commemorative DVD set that has every single one of them, and then I've been adding them as the new ones come out to it. Okay, okay. in Blu-ray form, because um, it'd be really expensive to replace every one of them in Blu-ray form every time. So that, you you uh, said something new came. The commemorative edition you have is the DVD version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Like I when Casino Royale came out, it this thing launched with it. Like they came out like when it came out on uh, DVD. Blu-ray was kind of like new at the time, still very expensive to get a player. And right. All right. That. Yeah. And uh, was, this came out of DVD at the same time. Back when HD DVDs still existed. Yeah, and thank God we didn't buy it in that. <laughs> um, but uh, and I have since I bought that, I've sat and watched like in order, start to finish twice. Which when I got it, there was twenty five plus Casino Royale, or not twenty five. I'm sorry, there, this is twenty five now. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I think there was like twenty plus Casino Royale because this is his fifth, right? Yeah. Uh, so Casino yes. would have been twenty, right? Because it would have been Casino 20, Quantum 21, uh, Skyfall. Sky oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Casino would have been 21. Yeah. Quantum 22, Skyfall 23, Spectre 24. This is 25. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have sat and watched those, like I said, not start to finish in one sitting, obviously. That would be insane. But <laughs> over the I course just... of several days, just in order continuing down i've done it twice i i can see you in like one of those beer hats that just has the straw go to your <laughs> mouth like just watching all of them like hooked up to a keg upstairs yeah <laughs> a catheter in one end beer going in the other uh -huh. 
Oh God, don't mention catheter. But I mean, yeah, bring it back it, around after that. Come come on. It's it, uh, <laughs> it's fun to do, and it actually gives you a bit more perspective because there's more connective tissue between the movies than you think if you actually watch them in order. Like the older movies, like like a lot of a lot of them when you watched them when you were younger felt like one offs, right? Because you didn't know the correct order to watch them in, you didn't know what the connective stuff was. Now you go back and you watch them, and there's actually a surprising amount of stuff for each bond that uh which i i kind of wanted to end with that question but since we're sort of on the topic now i'm going to bring it up now do you prefer your bond movies self-contained or do you like the one continuous story because i've seen a lot of people complaining that craig's bonds all five movies sort of play into each other almost like not i don't want to say mcu because it's like they're just bond movies they're not jumping around to other franchises or anything like that but they are one it seems like one arc for this character when a lot of classically trained Bond fans want their movies to just be contained one-off stories. But like you're saying, even the older ones had some connective tissue, maybe not as obvious or forced as what these ones are, but they are there. Well, they didn't have the, the character development for Bond that they're trying to put in here. Right. You know, Bond was Bond and that was it. That was his character. He was cool. He was smooth. He was a badass. He could do all this stuff. And he was a womanizer that probably had lots of diseases. And he, you know, that's what he did. That's what he was. And there was not an arc to his character. And now that there is, I don't have a problem with that. Like, it's it's character development. That's good writing. That's better writing than what they had before for the character. Yeah. You know, before it was kind of lazy not to have the character change in any way over the course of several movies. Andy, what do you think? Do you have a um, opinion? I, I really did. I kind of dig the um, continuity, I suppose, of the Daniel Craig. Yeah. Uh, even stories. only having watched the uh, first be, two. <laughs> even having only watched the first two, but I, I feel like all the other Bond movies are, to me, they're one-offs. But I've have never watched them in order, like Mike said. If I did, I'd probably notice some things that I'm like, oh, hey. What? You know, like stuff like that. But um <laughs> uh, so I think it would be really awesome to actually sit down and just plow through the whole thing, not obviously in the same time, because that's a whole fucking shit to shitload of movies. <laughs> um You'd be there for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. I'd like to. Or maybe like one a day for a whole month or something. For a month? Yeah. Well, this one doesn't come out till April. You have time. Yeah, I might have to borrow those DVDs from you, Mike. Um, sure. Yeah, I I don't know what I prefer. I, no, you know what? I, I do think I prefer the continuous story thing. I honestly felt like, and I guess this is my personal thought and stuff. For James Bond, I always felt up until Skyfall that 007 was a code name. James Bond was a code name. So when they recast, it was just someone else getting that code name. Skyfall confirmed that it is not. James Bond is one guy. This is one guy over 25 movies. His name is James Bond. That threw me for a loop, and I was like, well, that kind of blows apart everything that I was thinking of before. Spoilers, Brian. Spoilers. Well, I, I feel like it's... <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's fine. It's Andy. He doesn't. I mean, it's five years or 
four years or whatever it's been since Skyfall. Well, plus I feel like that's common knowledge. It's like James Bond is the guy. That's his name, and this is him through all these movies. That like I felt like my theory of a codename thing was so like not everybody. F- Maybe people were talking about it on the internet, but it's not more or less the common knowledge part of it. I felt like, but right. I almost feel like every time they reboot Bond, they should go through an arc for that version of Bond. I don't feel like they need to do the one-off stories. I prefer the the story arc and, and like Mike said, growing the character and having them do something different with them and stuff. Even though every movie, James, uh, fucking Daniel Craig goes rogue, it seems like, so maybe find something to do besides going rogue every fucking time. But I don't, I don't know. I It gets me more invested seeing where the story evolves from movie to movie and then just having the same character and have events happen around him, but nothing happens to him. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I get more invested in stories like that than, than just the, the one-off stuff. But again, that's me. So, and I'm not like, I like bond movies, but again, I don't, I haven't sit down to watch really them all. So I don't know if I'd consider myself like a bond fan. Cause I'm not as invested in, in what happens, but I do enjoy the movies. So, but that's my two cents. I think, it for me, the only problem I have with the trailer, and it's a little bit of a big one, but there's one thing that happens in every single James Bond movie. Do you guys know the one thing that is in every James Bond movie? The gun barrel? Actually, no, that was missing from one of uh, Craig's. Oh, that's right. That was, yeah, Skyfall did it differently. Yeah. I Yeah, I don't know. When at some point in the movie he says Bond, James Bond, and they spoiled that in their first fucking trailer for this movie. <laughs> I and it's a good one too. I love the way he did it. I love the way this was like, oh, it's under Bond, and the guy just kind of stares at him for a second. James Bond, <laughs> like, Maybe. I I love the way they threw that in, but I would have preferred to see that in the theater. For the first time. Maybe he does it twice in this one. Maybe they're saving the good one. Maybe that one was an extra. Yeah. You know, and it's not actually in the movie as that. I'll hope. Cut for the trailer. As a Bond fan, I would prefer that that be saved for the movie whenever it's going to be said. We know it's going to be said. We don't need it in the trailer. Yeah. Like, like it's going to happen. We know it. So. All right, so spinning back around to the trailer, any other thoughts that you want to lead with? I guess Andy went through his. Mike, do you have anything? I mean, other than that, I mean, it looks good. Um, it's interesting that they, you know, they're going to bring back in uh, Christoph Waltz's Spectre um, to... Oh, spoiler! <laughs> He's in Spectre, Andy. Yeah, the, the title of the movie is Spectre. I know, I'm just messing with you. Um, it, it's interesting that they're going to bring him back in and it seems like it feels very Skyfall with him being like in captivity, talking to James the way that, uh, Javier Bardem's character was in Skyfall, the same kind of thing in captivity and all that. Yeah. Um, it feels very similar to that. So I don't know if I like that choice yet or not. We'll have to see. Um, And I mean, all around it, you know, action sequences, explosions, guns shooting, Bond, just being Bond. It's going to be fun. Um, 
but Bond movies can go either way. Some of them are really good, some of them aren't. And that's been the same for even Daniel Craig. He's been a good Bond, but um, Quantum of Solace was kind of a, a little bit of a letdown for me. And Spectre, I wanted to be a lot better than it was. Yeah. Um. So I'm hoping this one turns back towards, you know, the, the direction of Casino Royale and Skyfall. And it looks like we can't tell from the well, yeah. it's you know. I always felt like Quantum being like the direct sequel to Casino almost needs to be like if you ever watch Casino Royale, you ha- immediately have to watch Quantum of Solace afterwards just cuz I think they play better as a double bill like that. Yeah. Spectre, I've actually only seen once and I bought the movie and I haven't watched it since I bought it. But this trailer having bringing those characters back makes me want to sit down and actually give that movie a second shot and see if it plays any better now. Especially since it seems like this one's going to bounce off of Spectre more than anything else. So it almost yeah, it looks like that for requires sure. a rewatch of Spectre. Um, I love seeing Felix Leiter back. I think he was sorely missed from Spectre. Because I don't think he was in Spectre, was he? I don't remember him in Spectre. I'm, gonna wa- I'm, pro- I'm in your same boat. I'm probably going to watch Spectre again very soon. Yeah. But it's been a while. I've only, I think I've only watched it twice. Okay. So... Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see Christoph Waltz back. I think, I mean, Spectre was weird, and he was a little bit weird, but I kind of like weird in James Bond, so I'm I'm excited to see what happens, what they do with him. Uh, Remy Malek is the villain. I think is a fantastic casting, so I'm hoping he does really good. Um, the there was a couple shots in the trailer that I fucking just loved. There was one shot of uh, Lashana Lynch, and it's real quick. She's like got tactical gear and a gun and she disappears into a shadow, which just she dives mm-hmm. into the black, which just looks fucking sweet. Um, the motorcycle jump stunt was amazing. Uh, the just the shot of like when the, the miniguns come out of the front of the Aston Martin and he's oh, driving. Yeah, that was that was cool. Doing donuts with the gun just shooting around. That felt like a video game thing to me, which, which I feel like I've played before. And I was like, that just looks fucking great. I would say that that's GTA 100. Right yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's in a car. Like that. That's exactly what that is. And it sort of reminded me of Twisted Metal. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that too. That's more what I'm thinking Definitely. of. I think yeah. Um, and then the uh the final shot of the trailer with that homage to like the gun barrel where he's in the tunnel and just quickly yes. turns and shot. I love that shot. That yeah, that was really cool. So there's there's a lot of potential here. I'm I'm actually more excited for this than I thought. I would be just hearing, okay, like we're getting Bond 25 and this may or may not be Craig's last. So, I mean, he said that after the last one, so I don't know whether he'll come back after this or not, but I I feel like it's, it's, it's safe bet that this is going to be it for him. I personally, I love the internet uproar that's immediately like shut down when like people don't know enough information and they start going crazy. Um, when it was announced, like, oh, Lashana Lynch is going to be a, you know, the, people were throwing it as she's going to be the next Bond. They're making her Bond, and they start flipping out and going crazy, and, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. the typical people that would normally go crazy over such a thing came out. And they had no information about it. Yeah. And now that you see the trailer, and you're like, oh, she's just going to be there. You were making an ass out of yourself <laughs> for nothing. Um, I, 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 I love that it does that to them, just shows them for being the idiots that they are. Um, and going crazy, but 
the the other thing I was going to say, you mentioned Rami Malek um, as the villain. There's one thing I can say for this generation of Bond: the actors they have chosen to be their villains is phenomenal. Oh yeah, I don't think we've had the level of quality in our Bond villains for any Bond at this high a level. Except I feel um, like Quantum's largely forgettable. Like I don't know who what that guy's name is. Quantum is forgettable, but when you have Mads Mikkelsen, Javier Bardem, Christoph Waltz, and now Rami Malek as your other four villains, yeah, you're allowed one forgettable <laughs> Um I'm pretty sure... I mean, aren't they all Academy Award winners? Well, if not, know. nominees. Yeah, that would take some research, but you might not be wrong. So, you, they have some insanely talented villains for these Bond movies and there it's so important. So even like you said with Spectre where it was kind of all over the board, you still had Christoph Waltz putting on his show, yeah. which was awesome. Um So yeah, like I I I can't wait to watch it. And um, if, yeah, if this I'm is for it. if this is Craig's last and presumably they'd reboot Bond again after Craig. Do you think this is uh like no holds barred? movie like do you think just gonna start offing people like do you think felix will make it to the end of the movie you think he's gonna die do you think uh i always thought like the rumor for this movie was that uh well it's it's implied for the trailer so andy i'm gonna spoil something for you oh damn it from specter (laughs) he ends up with leah city's character at the end of specter and it was always i feel like rumored that this movie would sort of remake or or pay homage to Her Majesty's Secret Service where Leia Sidhu would die and then it would be like Bond on a revenge type mission. Do you think she'll make it out of the movie or do you think she's going to die? Well, I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily a spoiler. I kind of caught that context clue from the trailer. Right, which is why I wasn't so, really yeah, too hesitant of it spoiling wasn't too that spoiler. I, You know, I, I, it was sort of a leap of faith that, okay, yeah, he was with that girl that he saw in the hallway, but I mean, they even you know, say in the trailer I don't he think gave everything super... up for her, right? So that's so. that's Spectre, <laughs> basically. That that's fine. Yeah, you know, I I I sort of you know I I took that leap and I was like, okay, I understand this. So okay. I, I wouldn't call that necessarily a spoiler. Okay. I mean, as far as like people dying and stuff, I don't know that we're gonna see a whole lot of it. Um, I mean, I'm sure you'll see somebody like Leia Sudu's character, maybe. Um, Felix, I don't think so. I think we'll see. I think Felix is fine. Okay. I, I don't think we're going to see Felix. We haven't really seen him much in, in action capacity. I don't think he's going to be in dangerous situations. I feel like he's more like, he's not the field agent. He's the desk agent who relays information to his CIA field agents. And this time he's going to bond because bond is bond. And, yeah. You know, um, that being said, I'd like to see fucking Felix get in on uh, get in on some of the action with Bond. Come on, let's give us give us the Bond buddy comedy, not not buddy comedy, but buddy action movie. <laughs> okay. Of of Felix and Bond. Or at least a sequence. Yeah. Would be good. It doesn't have to. It's it's not going to work for the whole movie, but as a sequence, I would be fine with that. I want to see these two you bros mean, get down. It, just something like where oh, Felix is with him. Right. And he's like, this is <laughs> how you. Jeez. <laughs> Bad, bad um. terminology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <there we> <laughs> fucked up Mike's train of thought there. 
Um, I wasn't going to say that. I, I just came out of my mouth, and then Andy's reaction made me second guess what I just said. Well, what I what I was thinking, um, sorry, Mike, was was something along the lines of like, you know, like Felix goes out with him, and he's there for like half a mission, and he's like, "This is how you get things done? What the fuck?" Like, in you know, like he's. I don't know, they're in a plane going off the edge of the cliff. Like, this is what has to happen. <laughs> you know, it, it would be an interesting. Takes one mission with Bond moment. to make sure he stays behind the desk. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like it's safe to say that uh, Leah Sidhu's character will not make it out of this movie. That's my prediction. She will die. Um, Bond's love interest always does. He has to be able to womanize the next yeah. one. Why do you think Anna de Armas is there? She's going to be the next one that you know. Uh, I'm, I'm just. I mean, that's what always happens. There's always the one that tempts Bond, and the one that's a good. You know, there's a good Bond girl, and there's a bad Bond girl, and I'm guessing she's going to be the bad Bond girl. In, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for for every Zenya on a top, you get Natalia. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. I can't remember their names from the movie, but uh, Denise Richards and uh, Christmas Jones. Yeah, that's the one I remember. Yeah. Oh, Chris, yeah, Christmas Jones. But the, the the other woman that was in that movie that was the other Bond girl that was the bad one. It's like it's just like a like Terry Hatcher and what's her name from Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> and I can't remember all the all these actresses' names. I'm sorry. I know I'm I, blanking I'm, on the one from The World Is Not Enough now too. It's not that important. Um, I can't. This is what happens when Olga you only Kirilenko? have like a, when you have a is that her name? passing. Oh knowledge. yeah, I think maybe yeah. Yeah, it's it's Olga Kirilenko is the other one from, uh, the world is not enough. Is that the actress? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't know. I didn't wouldn't even know her actress name. I'm just trying to even think of her character name. I couldn't even get that. Oh, I was just thinking of the actress, not the character. But it feels like in a lot of these Bond movies, you have this diversion where they're or not diversion, divisive point between like the bond girl who's good and the bond girl who's not and i feel like that's where you're gonna see this one go is anna de armis is gonna be the bad bond girl to leia sidhu or lashana lynch's good bond girl yeah um which i'm looking forward to anna de armis was fucking fantastic and knives out get out and watch it if you haven't seen it she was great so having finally seen her in a movie um because i've seen her in blade runner but Again, she's so far out of herself. She like she's a good actress in the movie, but you don't really get a feel for her as an actress in that movie. I think it's like because she's playing an android, she does well at it, right? But I don't. It's not the same as her playing a normal character, I guess. But in Knives Out, she is awesome. So I look forward to seeing what she can do opposite Daniel Craig in this movie. Um. So yeah, I, I I think maybe she's the one that'll kill him, uh, kill Leia Sedu. Who knows? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited. Yeah. I think this is gonna all of these trailers that we're gonna talk about, even the two that we're gonna try to talk about tomorrow, have the potential to make my most anticipated list if they haven't already for 2020. So it's gonna be really hard to narrow down that list at this point. I was trying, and it, it's rough. It's a, it's a good-looking year upcoming here. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, final thoughts for Bond, James Bond. I liked it. I'm going to see it. Move on. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> all right, last one we're going to talk about right now before we uh, reconvene tomorrow uh, is for Free Guy. Uh, right off the bat, it kind of it's a little deceptive, I think, for me because like they they market this as a Disney movie, but it's made by Fox. Fox is now owned by Disney. Right. But when it opens with, you know, from a studio that brought you Beating the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King twice is great, but it's just really confusing and misleading because Fox didn't do that shit. Disney did. This movie was probably greenlit before Disney even got involved. So I don't know. That just it pissed me off for a second. But anyway, uh, the movie is directed by Sean Levy, who directed the Night at the Museum movies, uh, some Stranger Things episodes, and is producer on Stranger Things. Uh, directed Date Night and one of my personal favorite movies, Real Steel. Uh, oh, okay. Written by Matt Lieberman and Zach Penn. Penn is no stranger to some of the bigger movies. Wrote Last Action Hero, X2, X3, Ready Player One. Uh, Lieberman wrote a lot of newer movies. Uh, he's got writing credit for the upcoming Scoob, which is the Scooby-Doo origin story movie that, that they have trailers for now. Um Wrote the Adams Family animated movie that just got released this year. Wrote The Christmas Chronicles, which is on Netflix with Kurt Russell, which I really liked. I thought that movie was great. Oh, okay. I didn't watch that yet. Um, and apparently, looking at his IMDb, he's attached to a remake or reboot of Short Circuit. <laughs> They're, oh, wow. They're, that's awesome. Oh, that's no. Happening. Are they really so doing Johnny this? Five is fucking alive, guys. <laughs> that's awesome. Um. And granted, I I should probably look at that and see if it actually is a remake of Short Circuit. It's it just says Short Circuit, so my, I immediately thought it would be a remake of that movie. I'm hoping it's just not a different movie called Short Circuit because that'll really piss me off. Um, anyway, the movie stars Ryan Reynolds, Taika Waititi, Joe Keery, aka Steve Fucking Harrington, and Jodie Comer, which I don't know who that is. I'm guessing it's the woman you see in the trailer. Um, now I feel like I I heard about this movie in passing and that I think maybe just heard that like Levy was attached to direct it. And then a brief synopsis of like guy trapped in a video game came around and I was like, okay, I'm interested. And then the cast kept rounding out with Ryan Reynolds, Taika Waititi. I was like, okay, I'm more invested. And then this trailer hit yesterday and I was like, this looks fucking great. I love it. Um, where do you guys fall after watching this? Do you even know anything about this before the trailer? Or is this completely brand new for no. you guys? This is completely I, brand new. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. When you tweeted it, that's the first I had heard of this. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't know how it was going to play. Like, the trailer finally gave me a sense of what they were going for. And it, like, it immediately started thinking of, like, what it feels like to see GTA, like, from the point of view of an NPC character in the world, which right? Just, even just not even just an NPC, just an, just a pedestrian. Yeah, like not even one you would normally talk to or interact with. Just somebody that, as you see in the trailer, gets run over randomly and just has to deal with. Yeah, it. <laughs> which we've all done in GTA. Like you're lying if you don't just run random people over. <laughs> True story. Uh, so yeah, what do you guys think? I, I'm sold. Yeah, I think it looks super fun. Yeah, like like I'm gonna, I'm probably just gonna go right to the theater and see it when it comes out because it, it's a fun idea. And I think I, before we record, I said something along the lines of like the at least the first half of this movie is going to be hilarious, 
until they try and pick up and really dig into the plot of what their story they're trying to tell. Right. And and then we'll see where it goes from there, because that's where a movie like this can either fall apart or really come together. And that's where I feel like Sean Levy, for me, redeem, like gives me confidence that this movie will be fine. I think he has a good he does a good job as a director, I think, to make sure his movies have a lot of heart in them. Yeah. Like Real Steel, you on the paper is like, oh, ro- robots fighting each other as a sport. You watch that movie and it's there's more in there than you think and that movie still kills me to this day oh, every that... time I watch it. No, yeah, I get I get the feels from that movie too. <laughs> yep. And you wouldn't think it. You're like, "Oh god, this is sort of cheesy." And then you're like, "Wow, he really does bring the heart to that movie." Yeah. It's, I feel like that movie's undersung. So if you haven't seen Real Steel, fucking Hugh Jackman's in it. Go see it. It's great. It is really good, yeah. And so with what I was saying, it, like if they can turn it into that, if what you're saying comes true, and they can put some heart into it, they can make it into a decent movie in spite of it being like the type of movie that typically would be coming out a stinker in the end because they took a fun idea but didn't know what to do with it. They were like, "Oh yeah, I'll make a movie where we're an NPC." And then they, you know, they don't know what to do with it. How many like there's how many times do you see movies that have good concepts for fun ideas but don't actually have a plot yeah. that they yeah. don't want anything to do with? Sort of like RIPD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, RIPD. Um The Hitman's Bodyguard. I feel like they they had the idea with that with like, "Oh yeah, just put Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds together and let them have banter and it'll work and for yeah. 25 minutes it worked and then you were like okay this doesn't matter anymore um <laughs> that being said if it, they make a sequel which i feel like they might be doing for hitman's bodyguard yeah, are. i would see it just because i liked the two of them together in a movie right it, 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 like the two of them together works and it'll get people in the theater to watch it because they're gonna be funny together but they, they needed something they needed a better plot they, they but again this is something where i hope that they can do better than movies like this have done in the past this could go like one of two or three different directions and it, only one of those say three directions is a good one yeah so i'm hoping it's as fun as it looks and then it turns out to be good too yeah yeah i'm 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 excited for this again i wasn't sure how it was going to visualize. I think the the way they worked it out with like the, you know, it's like it's almost like the Reynolds is the NPC character, and it wasn't until like the, like the sunglasses almost represent like player control. So like if a player takes over yeah. a character, they give them the sunglasses, and they can see all the stuff in the world that they can interact with and do. So when he just ends up getting a pair of those sunglasses, it's almost like he's being. I don't know if it'd be – see, this is where I guess the rules of the of the movie and the world have to make sense. But I don't know if it would be player-controlled or if he's somehow unlocking himself from the game because he has the sunglasses. The sunglasses seem like they're key to being able oh, yeah. to, to yep. not – you know, whether you're non-player-controlled or you make the decisions and are player-controlled, the sunglasses are the, the hook. Yeah. I don't know. Parts of this have like a Tron feeling to it, and parts of it have like a Matrixy sort of feeling to it to me, which I love which both I'm of fine those with franchises. One yeah, both of those franchises are awesome, and if they incorporate just a little bit of like theme from those into it, I- I'd be okay. Yeah, 
in in that that's kind of where I was headed. Is if they work those themes in and it works well, then it's awesome, right? But if they go the Lego movie with this, where you know Will Ferrell's actually just playing with all of them, all the you know like and it's a, his kid playing with the stuff. That was cool for the Lego movie, but if they try and go that route in some way for this movie, I don't think it's going to work. Mm, okay. But it, but if they try and explain it in some other way and just, I don't know, so just some other way. Like a Tron, I think Tron more than the Matrix would work for me. Um, But. Yeah, because that's going to be the catch is like, how is this movie going to work? Is it going to be someone quote-unquote controlling ryan reynolds the whole time or is it ryan reynolds is the computer program per like character yeah suddenly breaking free of the system does he become like the virus and everything's like trying is like against him you know what i mean yeah does he get to become a real boy at the end of right yeah (laughs) like it would be more like uh who was the character from tron legacy cora whoever um olivia wilde was Yes. It'd be more like that. Yeah, Cora. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I feel like I had a thought process and then I just lost it, so I don't remember where I was going. Oh, the uh, so <laughs> like video game adaptation movies, they always don't seem like they do very well. But I feel like, and really, I guess I only have one movie to compare to off the top of my head. But games that are about video games but really have no relation to a video game, like Jumanji, was fucking great. So I'm kind of hoping this is great. Just maybe just because oh, it's not adapted to a video game or from a video game. You could say Ready Player One is pretty similar to this oh, as that's well. That's true. Yeah. 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 Plugging into it. Yeah. See, that's the and, type or of thing even where it would um, be interesting. Or even uh, Ralph breaks the internet. It's sort of similar. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So we've had some pretty good movies that are. Yeah. Um, those those are all good movies. Not adapted. They're just about video games, which I think are right. The may, might be the way to crack the code. Maybe we can't adapt. Which. Gets me uh, a little weary for the Uncharted movie that I keep waiting for forever. Certain video games adapt better to movies than others. Like the Super Mario Brothers was never going to make a good movie. Uh, I'm sorry to say, Sonic (laughs) the Hedgehog is not going to make a good movie. I saw saw the trailer for that last night, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, I might actually watch it. looks like he's going to be hilarious. Sonic looks great. Don't get me wrong. Now he does, yeah. Um, Jim Carrey is the only reason I will see that movie. And you know what? Like, I, his performance will, I'm sure, be amazing. Yeah. And I didn't know that James Marsden was in it, but it looks like he and Sonic are going to be this really cool buddy cop thing. And yeah. I don't know. It looks, it looks, it looks funny to me. I, I'm probably going to see it. I, but I feel like it just doesn't translate well to a movie, is what I'm getting at. Like, whereas something like Uncharted, something like Metal Gear Solid, something like Tomb Raider. Sh- you know the the last Tomb Raider movie was excellent. The difference is is they don't have a very video game feel to them, like a classic video game feel. The movies can be movies because the video games they're coming from have cinematic plots. I also think the audience is different for the games you mentioned as opposed to Sonic. Also, Sonic is a kids oh, movie. I, yeah. Well, no, no, I I understand, but like what I'm getting at is like there's a difference in games that we have now than a lot of the video game movies that we've had to work with in the past. Whereas now there's much more cinematic stories being told in video games. Oh yeah. And 
I think that opens them up a lot more to Hollywood interpretations. But like I said before, like Mortal Kombat, was that ever really going to be a good movie? Hey, I love especially Mortal in Kombat. the area they did that. I love the nostalgia of watching it, but in the music, yes. But as far as quality film goes, no. It could have been if they do that today, and they did it. Even if they did it really, really, really good today with a super budget, it would still come out as a piss poor movie because it's about a fighting game and it doesn't make sense. None of it makes any sense. They never tried to make sense of it because it was a fighting game, so they didn't put the time and effort as much into the story as they could have. I don't know. Have you played some of those games recently? The, the more recent more Mortal Kombat's have some pretty decent stories in them if you play the campaign. Yeah, I really like the Mortal Kombat 10 story. I haven't tried it 11 yeah. or 12. But. Granted, I get your point. They weren't too worried about it back then, but now I think they could actually make a good Mortal Kombat game or movie with a story in it. That That's fair enough. If they went with the story that's available now, from the games that have come out now, as opposed to the games that came out then, yeah, they could do it. But it, nonetheless, they, all I'm getting around to is like video game movies in general were struggling for a long time for the same reason comic book movies struggled by not steering enough into the skid of the video gameness. Um, and, you know, comic book movies struggled for a while because they didn't steer hard enough into keeping true to the comic books well that's studio decisions i think i think that's hiring people that don't give a shit about what they're making right and i think if they're gonna steer into the skid this is a fun interpretation of a video game movie because it's not supposed to be grand theft auto as far as i know but it's a very similar world if they feel like if they titled the movie grand theft auto that would just be a whole complete shitstorm of like internet reaction that people like all the moms well, would throw their hands in the air and be like, I can't, you can't make this fucking movie. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other thing is I think people would want the grand theft auto story more as opposed to something like this. They would want the Tommy Versetti story. Yeah. I mean, they would want like, Oh, sure. The crimes, yeah. the, the crime in the, you know, the Scorsese S crime in story of it with a hilarious turns that Rockstar seems to be able to tell with their stories. Yeah. It's serious, but it's not serious. Um, and that would be fun. But at the same time, I don't... So they're not calling this Grand Theft Auto, but it looks like the world that he's in is Grand Theft Auto-esque. Yeah, and just random shit popping off all the time. Bank heists, everything's blowing up. People just run around with weapons in broad daylight. Right, and because he's a computer program, he knows no better. Yeah. He's just like, oh, this is normal. And, you know, going about his day, oh, the bank's getting robbed again. Oh, damn. Just, like, <laughs> literally for anybody that doesn't really play video games, either watch or or play for yourself. Just 10 minutes. Grand Theft Auto Online. And just run around and see what happens. And just watch the trailer again. Because it, it is exactly the same. Yep. Yeah. D- j- just the utter chaos that exists yeah. in Grand Theft Auto Online is exactly what you're seeing there. Um. So yeah, like in that aspect, I am absolutely looking forward to the fun of the movie, and I hope they can deliver on the quality. Andy, any other thoughts? Um, I thought that the um, Mariah Carey fantasy song played really well <laughs> with that with that trailer, and I was like, I was head bobbing to it and stuff, and. I... <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I dug the whole trailer. I didn't know what I was, I was like, free guy. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, Ryan Reynolds. Okay. I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. So I was like, you know, this, this might be good, but every, for every Ryan Reynolds good movie you get, you get like bad ones like, uh, Origins Wolverine or like RIPD. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know which way I was going to go, but I am in watching this trailer has invested me in this movie and i will most likely be seeing it is he gonna make your top 10 i don't know about that okay i i what i would want to play off of real quick is just that you're saying about ryan reynolds and i love that he's kind of championing some of these kind of fan movies that we've wanted for so long since he started taking on deadpool um you know i went into detective pikachu thinking like oh this is, you know, gonna not be that great, but let's watch it anyways. Turns out, fucking love that movie. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, he, he, like he took that from something I anticipated being a joke into something where I'm like, you know what? Spoiler alert! That's in my top ten for the year. Like it, it was oh, wow. fantastic, okay. and it I trust really him to handle a video game movie and be a part of the creative process at least. In helping because I feel like somewhere in him is a gamer and he enjoys it himself. So I feel like he has the experiences in game to help these people be like, no, this is what would happen. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's why they're using him for this kind of thing again so soon. Well, you know, if he doesn't have, if, if he doesn't play, he has kids, right? Maybe his kids are playing all the time. I don't right. think they're all that old though, are they? I, I don't know. Parents are irresponsible these days. They'll buy their kids Grand Theft Auto at a young age. <laughs> We're going to have 10-year-olds running bank heists that are highly efficient, tactical. That's what video games does to kids, right? You know, They're, they're, they're going to learn how to be a tactical unit taking down a bank. Yeah. Because they play Grand Theft Auto. Because real world functions just like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I'm playing on my bank heist right now. Yep. I'm totally going to be able to do it. I just need to find... Uh, <laughs> the 3xl big and tall uh tactical suit i i don't know that they make those for it's okay i got my size but i'm gonna find them i got lester on speed dial we'll hook you up okay there we go uh yeah i'm i'm on board for this i i think it looks fun i'm excited the creative team and the people involved in making the movie i think gives me more confidence than just seeing it on paper or i guess they still kind of are on paper but uh yeah, the trailer trailer hooked me. I'm in. I they're like I said. I don't, I'm not sure if it's gonna make my top ten. I think it's gonna depend on what of the trailers come out between now and the time we make our list, and actually looking at the release schedule for next year because I haven't really done that yet. But if it's not in the top ten, it's making my honorable mentions for sure. It it must be seen. Yeah, I'm. I, I just need to review a little closer over the stuff that's coming out to see whether or not this is making it because there's a few things locked in. Yeah. You know, we, we've mentioned a few of them on this show directly. You know, like, there's no way Ghostbusters and Black Widow and James Bond aren't going to be in my top ten for next year. This is one where it's like, it'll be at the bottom end if it makes it. Yeah. And it's a maybe. Yeah, we will have to see. Um, any final thoughts? We moving on to the next one. I believe we should move on. All right. Uh, oh, so wait, is... wait. Uh, liked it. Gonna see it. Next one. <laughs> Agreed. 
Uh, all right. So at this point, we will probably pass it off to our future selves, which I will splice in here after uh, tomorrow night. Uh, so take it away, guys. All right. Well, thank you, past us. Uh, we're here to talk about a few things we couldn't talk about the first time through. So as promised, we have trailers for Wonder Woman 1984 and Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, so we're going to jump right in. So the next trailer we're going to talk about is for Wonder Woman 1984. <coughs> Uh, this movie will have Patty Jenkins returning to direct. It's got Jeff Johns, Patty Jenkins, and Dave Callahan are credited as writing the screenplay. Uh, the movie adds Pedro Pascal, Kristen Wiig, brings back Gal Gadot, and Chris Pine. Set to release June 5th, 2020. We've just watched the trailer. Well, Andy specifically has just watched the trailer. Uh, just. So, Andy, it's I'll, I'll, since it's fresh in your mind, uh, what are your thoughts for the trailer? Uh... Wow, looks awesome. I mean, really dug the 80s vibe music in there, the Blue Monday. But she looks awesome. The, the whip looks fucking sweet. Uh, she's still doing things that are like super badass that you wouldn't think she should be able to do just based on that trailer. Um, Riding lightning? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah that, one, I, I, that was something I didn't know awesome. Wonder Woman was capable yeah. of. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think even like she surprised Steve. A couple of those looks that he had, he was like, "Oh, how did she?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, that's pretty awesome." Yeah, and uh, well, I her... guess since the last time he's seen her, she's like the seasoned veteran now. Yeah, I really like the the thing which she did with her. Uh, are they the gauntlets, Br- bracers of truth, or something? I can't remember what they are, but yeah, the gauntlets, the bracers, whatever the hell they are, and she like deflected that bullet and. That was pretty badass. Yeah, that looks cool. Uh, Mike, anything to add? Um, I mean, the first thing that struck me like was the riding the lightning thing that we you already mentioned. Um, that looked cool as shit. Again, I didn't know that Wonder Woman could do that, but fucking awesome to see it happen. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, I don't know if that's like comic book imagery or if they just put that in the movie. I I don't know what that's I, it from. May, like, honestly, yeah, when we're just... done here, I'm going to look it up because I want to know where <laughs> it comes from because that looked awesome. Um, yeah. I'm kind of with Andy, the 80s vibe digging it um i'm hoping they lean into it pretty good that would be a lot of fun um why the hell is steve like what's going on with steve here this is what confuses me about the whole damn thing like what what's going on there well i think there's all right so because i I, uh, I didn't watch the first movie that many times and i don't really remember like he's like dead right no yeah he died yeah so there's something um, fucked up going on here that's that, that he's back yeah, I think Pedro Pascal is supposed to be playing Maxwell Lord, which I don't know too much about that villain. Neither do I. Um, yeah, I don't. But know there either. is, there's a shot with him holding some sort of crystal. Look so like a to version me, of immediately, kryptonite. What's what's that? Look like some kind of like kryptonite. Yeah, like a rock crystal something. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't green. It was like red or well. There's some different other colors t- of kryptonite. Tr- well, true, but either way, I'm thinking. Just immediately, I'm thinking some something mystical. Maybe the the crystal gives him some sort of power to, like he. There's a line of dialogue that says something about like giving you what you want. Okay. This is probably something that she wants. So it's it's got to be factored into the. I would imagine the villain somehow of what's going on, which to me makes me think that by the end of the movie, he's gonna have to go away again. He he's not gonna be able to stay around forever because I feel like that's a problem. 
Well, I, I feel like bringing him back in the first place is a problem because it kind of negates the loss of him in the first film. But then if he comes back in this film and we do the same thing again where she has to lose him again, it's kind of like. Well, the difference this time, I it? think. And I thought that too, except in my head, it makes sense because you can finally give her, give Diana the closure she needs for Steve. This time, knowing that he's, by the end of the movie, she's going to have to know that he's going to go away. So I imagine she's going to be able to say goodbye this time that she didn't get to do the first time. Okay. Gives her closure for Steve and she can move on past him. So when we see her in you know, uh, Justice League and stuff like that. She's not no longer really mourning Steve. I mean, she feels for Steve and misses Steve, but not like she did at the end of the first Wonder Woman movie. Fair enough. Um, I, I guess, like, for me, the trailer looks awesome. There's not a whole lot to go on there, like, at least for me, because I don't know a lot about Wonder Woman other than what I've seen in, like, m- the movies. Um, yeah, I never read a lot of Wonder. I never a lot of read read a lot of DC outside of Batman and some Superman, honestly. But for me to say like it looks cool, it looks fun. The one thing I felt was missing, which I'm okay with, I guess, in some aspect. But you know, I mean, the still to me the best thing that's happened with Wonder Woman is that song, and it doesn't make an appearance in the trailer. Oh, her, her, her theme. theme song. Yeah, like her theme gets me pumped to watch Wonder Woman. Yeah. And as much as like Blue Monday is awesome to have in the trailer and everything, at some dun, point dun, it would have been nice. Okay, he's Andy's rendition. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, it would have been nice just to hear a few notes of her theme somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's in the movie. Yeah, um, that, but I get that the they're probably just going for that vibe for this trailer, just the '80s okay songs and selection. Yeah, I just it mean, really hammers it home. Like this is eighty, this is an '80s movie. Yeah, they definitely wanted you to be very aware that it was '80s. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, and the only other thing I would like make note of is she definitely does have the, um, I guess the Amazonian armor back on at the end of the trailer there. Like with the wings and the like, the armor that falls off just before she like climbs. That whole gold outfit. Yeah. Like I feel like that's what the Amazonians were wearing, wasn't it? I see. I don't know where that armor comes from. I don't know if that's another like mystical type thing. I don't know if that's Amazonian. I have no idea. Okay, it, I'm sure it's from a comic somewhere, but I don't. Again, I because I, I don't read her either, so I don't know what comic it's from, what event that's from. I feel like that armor should be a big deal and have some significance, but I don't know what that significance is. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant, is I think, like, somebody would be able to put more together off of that and perhaps the stone, you know, like, that, that or whatever you want to call it, the crystal formation. Yeah. I feel like somebody that knows more about Wonder Woman would be able to put more together off of those from the trailer, but all I, it looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah. It looks like we yeah. will definitely get a, some sort of flashback to when she was sort of training with the Amazonian women as well. Yeah. Based on some yeah. of those snippets, which I, I'm looking forward to because that, I don't know, I thought that was a really cool part of the first movie. It was. Yeah, I like diving into that culture and seeing how they how they do things. Exactly. Which means if, if they're doing that, that um, Robin Wright might make another appearance. Appearance. 
It's possible. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I guess she's technically dead, but if they do flashback, she'd still be alive. She'll well, she'd she'd be, be alive after. during the like the present of this movie, since this movie's 1984, right? So her character dies in... World War One. World War One. Oh. Never mind. I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Yeah, because she, she dies whenever Steve shows up on the beach, which is during World War One. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, I was thinking of it. Just, yeah, gotcha. But, yeah, I mean, at that point, Diana's an adult, so if they flash back to young Diana, which is in the trailer, she can make an appearance there. Right. And I, I really dug her character in the first one, so. Yeah, we didn't get a lot of her in the first one, so no. if we get some more of her in this one, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but I'm with you guys. I think like the the music is the first thing that caught me, and I love that rendition of that song for the trailer. And I'm I'm always appreciative of like movie trailers that cut things to the beat of the music get me hyped beyond anything else. So the like cutting things to the beat of Blue Monday, which is just in itself an awesome fucking song. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I it gets me jazzed up. Um. I. I guess the one thing we didn't talk about, too, is uh, Kristen Wiig is playing Cheetah, which I, d- I don't really know too much about that character, which we don't see a lot of her in the trailer. No, and it she looks very Kristen Wiig-ish. Yeah. yeah we're we're like, not I was seeing that... her as the villain here. We're seeing right, her right. as her normal human self. Um, right. And does she, tra- she transforms into like a cheetah animal type thing, right? Like a woman that's like a cheetah? Maybe. I thought so, but I don't know. <laughs> Like it's not a costume. Like she, she becomes furry and looks like a cougar on two legs. <laughs> she is a cougar. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah, I'd have to Google it to be sure. But <laughs> nonetheless, I'm sure they're keeping that reveal for the film or for a That's later true. trailer. Yeah, trailer two, trailer three, trailer four. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, this was a good tease. It definitely got me excited for the movie. Me too, yeah. Uh, what's the release date on it? June 5th. 2020? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah, might so make my just... top 10 anticipated then. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll have to... I'm, I'm excited for our lit. Like, I'm looking forward to whenever we finally sit down and do most anticipated and stuff. Yeah, that's always a fun time. I look forward to that. Uh, do you have any anybody have anything else for Wonder Woman? I didn't actually take a lot of notes watching that one. Other than like, this looks cool, that looks cool. I liked it. I'll see it. Let's move on. Agreed. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, moving along to Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is now the official title of the Ghostbusters sequel. Uh, this is the one I've been most excited about. Uh, it's a true sequel to the f- original two Ghostbusters movies, directed by Jason Reitman, who is the son of Ivan Reitman, who directed the first two Ghostbusters movies. Uh, this one's written by Jason Reitman and Gil Keenan, which I don't know too much about him, and I was trying to look him up. Keenan does not have a lot of credits on his IMDb, but he does have a few that caught my eye, which he has directed the most recent Poltergeist, which is from 2015. And he directed Monster House, which I really enjoyed. Is that the animated one? Yes. Mm-hmm. With the, the house that's like possessed across the street from the kids that like eats the mailman and random stuff like that. Oh, I've never seen it. I just know that it was a thing. Oh, uh, yeah. 
It's good. Um, and then he, I, I wrote this down just because I thought it was kind of, kind of, might apply, but he directed a movie called City of Ember, which I'm only mentioning because he got Bill Murray for that movie. City oh. of Ember. Huh. Which, yeah. It's a Murray I, movie that I don't know. He's got like five movies that he's directed on his on his IMDb. Monster House, Poltergeist, City of Ember, and then two in post-production, which Ghostbusters is one, and there was another one that I can't remember right now. Interesting. So he doesn't seem like he does a lot, and I don't know if he's writing the movie, if that has any weight in getting Bill Murray to show up for this movie, but the fact that he's got him once, I'm hoping that that helps a little bit. I think Jason Reitman being there as well helps being the one who's involved with the project, as opposed to some random person from a studio, some random yeah, director and I mean, being Ivan Reitman's kid is going to help in this instance. And Ivan's still producing, so... It's still, a, you know, the, the Ghostbusters family, more right. or less, is still involved with making this movie. Um, and the cast uh, rounds out. We got Paul Rudd with Finn, with full not, Finn Wolfhard, uh, McKenna Grace, Carrie Coon are the new additions. Um, it's presumed, but I'm not sure if it's confirmed, that the original cast is back. I always feel like IMDb posts a bunch of casting rumors without really any official confirmation, so... Take that as you will, because they list them all in there, but I would expect Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Annie Potts, Sigourney Weaver to make at least cameo appearances in some fashion. Did they say what they uh, were, like, is anything, like, brought up about Steve Gutenberg? Steve Gutenberg? Or that, I'm the, Rick Moranis, I'm sorry. I get those two mixed up. I get the names mixed up. <laughs> I haven't seen anything about him being involved. I'm sure... They would probably try to get him if they could, but I know he retired from acting years ago, so I don't know if he'd even want to do it. Right, that's what I mean. Like, I, he's I th- the one that, like, I feel like they would have the most trouble with. I thought he Over was Bill Murray. In this case, I don't know. I think Bill's very elusive. I don't even think like he's the question mark for me. I I will not believe he is in this movie until I see him in this movie. Fair enough. I'm not going to read I don't I don't care what anybody says that like as far as online comments or or articles that he is in there if it's not like some sort of variety source or official publication like that saying he's in there and I'm still going to question it until I actually see him in a trailer or in the movie cuz I feel like he could just decide to do whatever the hell he wants to it's a, it's a big question mark for me but well yeah we we'll, I just have to wait and see for that I guess but Andy what were you saying sorry I cut you off Oh, I thought I read that. Uh, I thought I read somewhere that Rick Moranis was gonna start up again. Like he's he sort of retired to like take care of his kids, and now that they're older, that he might start doing it again. But I could just be uh, you talking about Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. Okay. I, I could just be a load of load of crap. I don't know. <laughs> I know he started making music. He was putting out some albums, actually. What? What? What kind yeah. of music does Rick Moranis do? I'm thinking I don't jazz. remember. If I had to guess, I don't. It might. I can't remember if it was jazz or country or somewhere in there, but huh. like bluesy, maybe. I don't know. I I remember I hearing that. about him making some music and doing a couple albums. I think he's done at least two, and I don't know how recent. But I, I, yeah, he retired. He started making music, and I don't know if he's actually done any acting in the last five ten years. But I really hope it's a country album. Like I'm going to look this up <laughs> when we're done. Rick Moranis country. There's one way to get me to listen to country music, and it will be to see what that is. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll we'll see if either Bill Murray or Rick Moranis come back for this. But I, 
it lists Bill Murray on IMDb. Yeah. Now, I again, I don't know if that's full of shit. I'm just waiting to see. I, and really, I kind of don't want to know until he's like I see him in the movie. I think that would be such a fun surprise, just not knowing if he's going to actually show up to be there for this thing. And then you just finally see the movie and he's there. Yeah, I agree. I feel like this is one that, I I mean, I'll probably avoid trailers. But, I mean, if one happens in the theater when I'm at something else, so be it. But this is one where I'll probably, this is enough for me. That yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I don't need to see anything else to know I want to go see this. So, the movie opens, set to release July 10th, 2020. So, about a month after Wonder Woman. Um... And I'm with Mike. I'm trying to decide if I want to watch any other trailers after this because I this I'm like I'm in. I am sold. This has hooked me. I'm ready to go. I had so many feels watching this goddamn trailer. Oh yeah, I, I can't yeah. even begin to like I. I had goosebumps when Paul Rudd's talking about the trap. I had goosebumps when there's you're seeing the old tech, the PKA meter, the proton pack. Yeah. I got goosebumps when they're talking about the girl's grandfather and you see the spores, molds, and fungus, and then the Spangler jumpsuit. All that got me. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big Hearing, reveal here, I think, is that, like, she's re- like she's her, his granddaughter. Like, that's, yeah. that's a big reveal in a trailer. And then hearing just the music build up with Vankman's quotes about everything happening for a reason, luck, karma, fate. And then Ecto One comes out. I had this stupid grin on my face the entire the, that end of that trailer. And not gonna lie, I I think I I felt like I started laughing and crying at the same time, and I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> and it, I don't know. It it hit me in all the right places. I've watched it like fifteen times, and by the end of that trailer, I'm still just. I just have the stupid grin on my face every fucking time I've watched it. <laughs> I mean, the Ecto One Siren to me is like that, oh yeah, that loud, you know, like yeah, a hundred percent. Like the, that is something like you see all these other images and everything, but the Ecto One Siren is the gut punch where it's like, oh my god, yeah, they're they're using like the same exact stuff that they used to do. You know, it's it's yeah, it's all the old. And I don't know if it's, like, part of it is just hitting all those nostalgic chords, like, all the classic sounds and tech that I remember that I grew up watching and playing with, even. And then, like, friggin' Ecto-1 having a gunner seat. Like, that's from the cartoon. That was never in the movies. Yeah. That was such a fun, great callback. Yeah, that was awesome. Um... I feel like I could just gush about this for for half an hour, so please, someone take this from me. I, I would say I'm looking forward to everything that's going on here i'm looking forward to handing it off like you know there was that talk of handing off ghostbusters to a new generation and the young generation they're talking about here with uh finn wolfhard and uh what's her name again uh mckenna grace mckenna grace i'm okay with that you know finn wolfhard has you know proven himself time and time again with stranger things and it that i am sold on this kid for at least the rest of his young career. Um, you think he's going to get typecast as like the 80s spooky Amblin type kid and everything? Well, I mean, he's not going to be a kid for that much longer. True, true. So I think he's going to have to Between this, like, Stranger Things, and It, it's like... Oh, yeah. He's, he's got his genre. He absolutely has a genre, but I love that genre. Yeah. Um, so it, him being a part of it, I'm good with it her being a part of it i'm good with it if paul rudd is part of who they're handing it off to i'm good with that too oh yeah um 
the, like I I love me some Paul Rudd. So as much as like it sucks that they have to hand it off and that these guys have to get old and not be able to be the Ghostbusters anymore, it it is you know they are old. Like Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd, these guys are fucking old. So they, if they're gonna continue and hand it off with a continuing story instead of a reboot like they tried last time, I'm fine with the people they're choosing to hand it off to. Yeah. And there could be more to come that we don't know about. I mean, there could be... I mean, this trailer hides a lot. Right. Like, you still don't know what's going on. It It is very much a teaser. Yeah. And they're they're playing... You know, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to get a reveal of the returning Ghostbusters in this trailer. I was hoping not, personally. And, yeah, I'm glad they didn't, because I got enough out of it just seeing Ecto-1 roll around again and all the classic sounds and sirens and stuff like uh, I mean, let's be honest. I don't think any of us needed this trailer. When they announced it and said they were doing it for summer 2020 and they had that brief super teaser where they showed like the tarp blowing off of Ecto-1 in the, in like the barn. I was was sold then. Yep. I'm in. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, so now I'm even more sold. Um, I think this is going to be fun for the the thing about this trailer that struck me is like if I hadn't clicked on the link that said Ghostbusters Afterlife, the first 20 seconds of this trailer, you don't know what it is. Right. It does not play like a Ghostbusters movie. So if you're just on the ride of this trailer until the end and then you're like, holy shit, this is Ghostbusters? Well, like, I mean. For, I, I think this is fun. This is going to be fun. I feel like for people like so. Not in the know Between about next it. week. Right. People that don't know this movie is happening, you go to the theater to watch a movie and they play this trailer and you just hear people react to, what the fuck, they're making another Ghostbusters movie? Ghostbusters? I mean, which I think you'll hear like the same kind of mixed reactions, but like, oh, that's not the real Ghostbusters. You'll still hear that that guy somewhere in the theater if oh, yeah. they're seeing it for the first time. That's not the right Ghostbusters. Be like, There's people that are adamant it needs to be in a city in New York. Yeah. Like, it has to be a worldwide catastrophe. For me, the important thing is, in one of the biggest... Like, there was a lot of missteps in the last thing they tried to do with Ghostbusters. That remake. Or whatever you want to call that. Reboot. Whatever the hell it was. There was a lot of missteps. To me, the biggest one was the fucking ghosts look stupid as shit. (laughs) In that movie. And that's something they don't show us here. Which I think is smart. But it's also get the ghosts right. Get the, you know, whatever supernatural threat they're going to be dealing with, get it right. What was wrong with the ghosts for you in the other movie? You mean in the, the one with... In the in the reboot, re- remake, whatever it is. They looked dumb as shit. It. They looked horrible. Just the design of the ghosts or the effects of the ghosts or like, what? It looked like cartoons versus people. Yeah, okay. I like, I didn't have a problem with the ghost, so I'm just trying to pin down what that for what me the issue took me was. out of it immediately. Like as soon as they showed whatever that thing's name was, I can't remember the name of like the big bad ghost at the end, but it was like this version of Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, but they made him into a cartoon and made him a little bit of a different shape. They, they, they it's like they took Stay Puft and Slimer, slammed them together, and we're like, that's our ghost, but it's a cartoon, and we're gonna put it on screen. I don't understand how they couldn't do ghosts better than they did in the originals in that last film. That's yeah. what took me out of it the most. Like, the practical stuff that they did in the first two was so much better than what they did there. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Okay. So, stick to practical. 
I yes. guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> it will look better. Well, I think while we're talking about the reboot, uh, one thing I do want to address, like the internet comments for this trailer that I was looking at, after it was up about how the movie ignores the reboot, like with the line about like, there hasn't been a ghost for 30 years. Yeah. I think what you have to remember is the reboot is like another universe as far as they're concerned. So as far as these characters know, yeah, that movie never happened. So there's no reason for them to acknowledge that movie because it didn't happen in their timeline. This isn't like the studio saying, we're just ignoring a crappy movie that didn't work for us, which you know, that's what they're doing. You could read between the lines and you could say that, <laughs> but as far as movie continuity is concerned, that's not the reason they are ignoring that movie. Because, I mean, the biggest right. issue with that movie and to begin with for me was that it did not acknowledge the previous movies. Had they done that, they would have had to acknowledge the 2016 movie in this trailer. But since they're separated, right. you don't have to talk about either one. Yeah, And that's but... the biggest thing for this trailer is when they show the footage from the 80s of them outside Dana Barrett's apartment, like ready to go in. You're like, okay, yep, this is exact. This is what I want. This yep. is you're acknowledging stuff that happened 30 years ago. Exactly, and it, like that last one, you know, you, you you can take all the flack you want for giving it crap. Um, you know, th this is one of those times where you have a lot of people that troll movies because they take a male cast and turn it into a female cast. In that case. I'm not on their side of, for their reasoning of complaining about that movie, but I'm on their side that in in this in the, like one of the only few instances where I'm like that movie was awful, give it shit, like and I'm okay with it. Whereas like the reason for it is wrong, but it, it, it's like you know when 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 the movie's not good, it's not good. Yeah, my my opinions for that movie are not that they rebooted it with a female cast i that because no, honestly that if, they, they, if they, they had if they took yeah if they took that if they cast took, and then just passed the torch to them and then acknowledged right. everything it'd have been fine it'd have been literally i'd better. be fine <laughs> with this trailer if you put in the female cast yeah i don't care if it's kids or the female cast this story would work for me with whoever you want to bring in it's the fact that one they didn't acknowledge the older movies for the reboot and two i didn't think it was funny Chris Hemsworth was the only thing I really laughed at. Yes. And it, it he yeah, he made me laugh that it, nothing against those women as comedians and other stuff they've done that have made me laugh that I found them yeah, funny in, but that movie all, specifically all just fell flat. But I mean, and another thing I would say there in that case is they tried a different comedy. Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters yeah. 2 was dark comedy. It worked because it was very good ironic satire and it didn't try to be slapstick funny, silly funny yeah. or anything like that. It took the ghost busting part of it as both a joke and a serious threat at the same time. Yeah. Which this feels like it's doing. Whereas that reboot felt like it took the jokes and the threats as jokes and didn't do yeah. either one very well. It wasn't written for adults. It was written as it was not good. It was, I could go on and on, but it was not Ghostbusters. It was not the same genre of comedy. I I know, I feel like I bring it up probably every time we talk about Ghostbusters, but, and it's probably not available online anymore because we're probably so far into episodes now that 100 episodes back, you know, it, like we you're only able to listen to 100 episodes back, so it's, I think it's before all that stuff, but at some point when Sony leaked all their emails or when all their emails got leaked, 
I remember reading the email between Paul Feig and Amy Pascal about his pitch for what <laughs> Ghostbusters was going to be. And it literally turned out to be the same fucking movie. And I remember trashing that email because it sounded like shit. <laughs> and that's <laughs> yep. the exact movie we got. I remember to that. To this day, it pisses me off. It's I remember like that when... podcast very well, actually. <laughs> yeah. I think that was one, I don't of know the, why... that was one of the first podcasts I think it was on. Yes, that had to be a while again then. I, I wish I remember what episode that was because that was deep back there, but... I feel like we did yeah, the same I, thing with the second Jurassic Park movie where at some point we were talking like just before a show and I was absolutely trashing on the idea of what the next Jurassic Park movie would be and then they made that and it was like Yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, we've there's a few predictions we've got right. I remember that one. Well, I guess we didn't predict that Ghostbusters movie. We predicted it was going to be crap, but we didn't predict the <laughs> plot of it. No, you were told what the plot was in a right. you know, leak. We just just agreed that it was going to be crap. Um <laughs> And I feel like we pieced together a lot of BVS before it came out based on trailers and stuff that we caught. And Those are the only two that are off the top of my head. But anyway, sorry, I just keep talking and rambling. Andy, no. I want to get make sure you get in here and, and chime in. Um, so what, what would you like to add? I think maybe I caught a little real quick blurb of some green flashing by the screen real quick. And I'm really hoping it's Slimer, like super hoping it's Slimer. Yeah, there's a the ghost that they're chasing at the end. It, it, like you don't get a solid shot of him, right. but I, I that would be my first guess is Slimer. Yeah, because it's yeah. like the that like ecto green, you know, like which I thought was cool. I, w- um, I wonder if they're gonna do the Slimer friendly versus Slimer original Ghostbusters. Oh right. I hope. I, I, I hope it's more. Yeah. I hope it's more. Uh, cartoon Slimer where he's like a buddy. <laughs> you gonna give Slimer a proton pack? Yeah, hell yeah. Oh god. <laughs> See now this is the, the path like where I'm like, I think that would be hilarious in some ways, but in others I hope they don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm super pumped. I I think Paul Rudd is a great actor to have in this movie if he is sort of like their the kids um uh, what's a good word for it? Weather vane to sort of steer them in the right direction. Okay. Um, I, I don't know what the hell you would call him, but uh, mentor. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like weather vane. Shut up. Um, I was trying to let him get there. I was just letting him struggle with it. And like... <laughs> Shut it, both of you. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> um, I think that's awesome. Uh. Finn Wolfhard, I'm assuming, is going to be one of them. But besides him and like the the Spangler um, granddaughter, we don't really know who else would necessarily be one, right? Like, the well, they, there was a third to. kid. Oh, that is. But I didn't. I didn't right. look to see third who the kid. other who the third kid was. Yeah, the third kid that he's looked... talking to at the beginning. You mean, like, oh, right, right at the opening right. of the trailer, he's talking to the girl about like why she brought him there or something like that. And right, right. Like, well, in the stuff. when they're in the car, like when the seat slides out, there's a third kid in there with him. Finn's oh, driving. I didn't notice that. McKenna's on the seat, and then there's a kid in the middle. Really? It's like a, a little Asian kid. I did not notice um, that at all. Yeah, so he's in the car with them. So I don't know if he would be part of the team too, but I don't know who that actor is. So I can't really give him props for possibly being part of the team. But, I mean, if they're casting young and they want to, you know, sort of 
revitalize this franchise, I think that would be a smart way to do it is cast the young kids and have them grow into the roles if you want to keep making movies. Right, right. And honestly, I think the smartest thing to do, which they've done, I feel like, in the comics, and I think they even acknowledge in the, the Ghostbusters video game that they did, is that what happens sort of in that world, or at least as far as those continuities are concerned, is that ghost problems are not localized to New York. So what happens when it's just a team of four guys that are based in New York when problems happen globally? They franchise the Ghostbusters brand. They sell their tech to other companies, and they they make Ghostbusters like flagship stations around the world. So you could literally take that idea, set it anywhere in the world with a different team at every location, and make any type, like spin the genre and make different types of movies with that in mind. It's almost like every city would have a, a fire department and a Ghostbuster department. Like, you know, like yes. Almost yeah. like, okay. Which is how the, the fan groups work for Ghostbusters. There's, you know, the Pittsburgh Ghostbusters, Philadelphia Ghostbusters, Atlanta Ghostbusters. Like, everybody has their own division. So if you want to do, like, a straight-up horror movie, you could give that to, like, San Francisco Ghostbusters. And then they have, like, a you know, very dark horror movie that's a little bit in the comedy, but maybe really fucking scary. And it's just that what that team has to deal with. So we, do we know where this is set? Like, do we actually know? I, is no. this like upstate New York or is this Iowa or Iowa? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Iowa. Because I just went back and looked just out of curiosity on what you were saying. I figured it'd be interesting if it wasn't the Ecto-1 from New York, but it is. Yeah, that I figured, but... You just, I think you're just led to believe, like, That's it, this is what I'm gathering shot. from the trailer. Yeah, Egon maybe never lived in New York. So maybe oh, yeah, at maybe. the time, the Ghostbusters, you know, they, they saved the day twice. After New Year's of 1989, the ghost problem went away. And if there's no ghost to catch, they don't have the money to sustain their business. They go out of business. So what happens when the Ghostbusters business fails? Egon, I guess, went home which is this farm somewhere back there. He took okay. all his shit with him, kept collecting spores, mold, and fungus, uh, put in a fire pole to get to the basement, which is fucking great. He liked it. It was a, Yeah. I, I, it sounds weird to say that Egon liked the pole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had to make it weird. It's Ghostbusters. You're supposed to make it weird. <laughs> Not that weird. <laughs> I feel like Vinkman might say that. Um... But yeah, I I I feel like it could work wherever. So if it's just, if it in, plus if you're you know the studio is not sure what this movie is gonna do, if you set it in a small town, the budget's smaller. True. So if you're only throwing a hundred million at this movie, and it comes back and makes gangbusters, then your next movie you expand to other cities or whatever you want to go from there. There there's a lot of potential here, and I don't know why they never did anything with it earlier. Why it never worked you know before but i mean if this kickstarts the franchise again i'm all for it i i want as much good ghostbusters content as i can get definitely i mean and i like i said i think there's a lot of ways that this can work and it, and just keep going especially because if you you don't need that same cast if you want to branch out and have different casts for every movie you can do that there's there's ways to do it and then you could have your big mcu type movie just bring some sort of worldwide threat where you have to get all the branches together to solve the ghost problem. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. East Coast, West Coast, Midwest. Yeah. I'm all for it. Canadian-y. Yeah. 
<laughs> they talk the ghost down up there. <laughs> they come in and I don't know, on their mounties. This is, this is my maybe like theory of what's going on. Is Somehow going with that idea that let's say the Ghostbusters business failed. The firehouse shuts down. Well, the firehouse was where the containment unit was. So what do they do when they lose the lease for the firehouse? Mm. I'm guessing Egon somehow took the containment unit with him to the farm, and it's breaking down. Oh, okay. So the ghosts are spilling out of the containment unit, whatever's underneath the, I'm going to say the underneath the farm. If, if That's what's causing the world to shake, is, is stuff's starting to come through. That's a guess. But that's what I'm piecing together from the trailer. Do you, so maybe I'll just ask you guys, do you think we'll get the original cast back? Do you think everybody's going to come back? Uh, every, yes. Yeah. Bill Murray included? Yes. Yeah. I agree. If he did, if he did the 2016 one, he's going to do this one. If he did Zombieland 2, he's going to do this. Wait, what? Okay. He's in Zombieland 2? <laughs> Spoilers. Damn it, Mike. <laughs> the fuck? Warn a guy. Did you not know that? Huh? Because I think he's in the trailers too. Oh. Did you, did you not watch the trailers for that one? Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. So, I I just I can't tell with you if you are playing up <laughs> that you are spoiled or if you are actually spoiled. I'm just None trying to get a baseline for it. That's I, I think you, spoiled. I think the only one that I'm not sure of is Rick Marianis, given the retirement talk and all that. But Bill Murray, yeah, I don't Ernie think he's Hudson, coming back. Dan Aykroyd, I'd, I'd say no doubt. Yeah, I mean, Aykroyd, Herney Hudson, they're they're not doing anything. Well, no, yeah, they're they're, they, they've been chomping at the bit to do it again. Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray's still the question mark for me. I want him in this movie so badly, uh, but I, I just don't... Th- everything I know about trying to track down Bill Murray to get him in anything, it's such a hassle. And it's not that he might not want to do it, or, you know, maybe he wants to be involved. They just literally cannot find him. Like, I've heard so many stories of... Even as far back as the original Ghostbusters, that everybody kept saying he was going to do it, no one could get in touch or find Bill Murray, and they just had to start shooting and hoped he'd show up. He literally lives luckily, like Steve Zissou. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily he did. First day of shooting, he was there reporting for duty and was there to shoot the movie. But the only thing they had to go on was Ackroyd saying, Billy's going to be there. That was it. So... If this has anything, you know, if anything similar going on behind the scenes with Bill Murray, then who the fuck knows if he's going to be there until he shows up. So that's why even if Variety says Bill Murray has signed on to to play the, you know, Peter Venkman in the movie, until I finally see sh- footage of him in the movie as <laughs> Peter Venkman, I'm I'm holding my breath. Fair enough, I'll accept that. Uh, all right, that's it for the trailers, right? Anything else you guys want to add for this one? Are we good? good. Liked it. Going to see it. Let's go. Agreed. (laughs) All right, so we just have Mandalorian next. So since we've finished up all of our trailer talk between Black Widow, No Time to Die, Free Guy, Wonder Woman 1984, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, I think I said Afterlife, Afterlife, um, which one did you like the most? What movie are you most hyped for? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. 
Okay. That I thought it was just me. I thought one of the other ones would get you guys, but yeah, I'm I'm all in for Ghostbusters. Yeah, it it was the one that gave me the uh, the goosebumps the most, and and sort of yeah. like like really had me like. I think you guys said my eyes just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> while I was watching the, watching the trailer. It's just yeah, it's just like yeah. I mean, as far as I, I know right now, thing. that's kind of the mo- the movie event of the summer is is what I would consider Ghostbusters. Yeah. Right and I think this is going to be our new thing, just maybe not for the listeners, but just for us. If we if we talk about trailers on the episodes and Andy is on the episode, we're going to make sure he does not watch the trailers until right before we record. <laughs> are we going to are we going to do this thing and I, I get to like sort of uh, live? Like I said, watch it having, for the first time and sort of like watch, even just watching your bit. face through Skype as you as you watch the trailer was enough for me to just get excited about it. I mean, I would be willing to like live stream the pre-show and let the let let the audience tune in uh to Andy's reaction. <laughs> um so that they can see what we're seeing, you know. Um that might that might be an idea. We might have stumbled across something that we can we can try because, at some like point. honestly watching Ghostbusters, he didn't say a whole lot, but it was his facial expressions that really sold it being worth watching him watch the trailer yeah so it might it might be something it might be something to that and i've like i remember because it's one of my guilty pleasures on on youtube is watching people watch things so whenever trailers come out that i really like i like watching people's reaction when they film it and stuff like that and i remember at some point like when force awakens was coming out i was like i'm gonna record myself watch this trailer because maybe i'll have a good reaction that i won't consciously do or think about, and I recorded myself watching the first, one of the trailers, first trailers for Force Awakens, and I remember just nothing happened on my face. I was just into it, no reaction. Very intense. Yeah, I think I I was trying to take it all in. I think I smiled a little bit, but verbally nothing happened. I was like, well, this is boring as shit. (laughs) Fast forward to today, I wish I would have done that to myself, because the reaction that happened to me was involuntary. I could not control it. It just happened. So and it'll never happen again. So are we to assume then that you know you have a bigger, stronger emotional connection to Ghostbusters than to Star Wars? I guess yeah. A lot from that reasoning, it seems that way, and I think I kind of shocked myself because even watching Rise of Skywalker, like the first trailer that I watched, I, I got excited. I don't remember having just that raw type of reaction to Star Wars that I did for Ghostbusters. And I, I don't know. It's weird. I don't I don't See, even know why that would happen. Like, I personally have never had big reactions like that to trailers. Like, at least not any time recently. Like, back when you would, like, before it was, you know, really common for the, all this to be going on, when we were a lot younger, and the first time you would see a trailer commonly was in the movie theater. Right, then I right. can remember those moments of like, oh my god, they're making this. But at like since it's seeing them online and like being told a couple days ahead of time, like, oh, this trailer's coming. And not only that, we knew for six months before the trailer was coming that the movie was being made. Right. So I, yeah, like if out of the blue, the Force Awakens trailer had popped up and they had told nobody that they were doing it. And it was like, we're making episode seven. And you're like, that would, that may have been a moment where it was, you know, like that emotional reaction. But knowing so far ahead of time, it kind of dulls it a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if this one just hit like, 
I don't know if it's like maybe just it's coming off the sour taste of the 2016 movie is like I was waiting for the trailer we got today back in 2016 and they didn't make that movie. Right. And I was like, it's it felt like such a missed opportunity. And because that movie did so poorly, I thought we're never going to get that movie. Yeah. The movie that I want to see is never going to happen. And now that this is happening, it's real. There's a fucking trailer for it. Like, I, I don't know. It stirred something inside of me, and I don't know how to control it. Take that as you will. I don't. I'm just leaving it there. I don't even care anymore. I'm just. I'm just gonna let that one speak for itself. Like, yep, that's fine. You can't make totally it much fine. worse than you did. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're all in agreement. Ghostbusters is the one to watch out for. Yes, agreed. All right, so I'm gonna be excited to see where that fits on everybody's most anticipated list when we get to that. I'd be surprised if it's not towards the tops of all of our lists. I feel like right now it's number one for me. Yeah, I don't know what's going to unseat it. That's but there's nothing that's next sort year. of what I'm wondering if it's not going to be number one on all of our lists. <laughs> yeah, like right now, like this this past year, it was tough to decide number one because you had Rise of Skywalker and you had Endgame and you had a Spider-Man movie and you had Zombieland two. You had I I mean for me there was legitimately three contenders because of Zombieland two. It was always going to be Rise yeah. of Skywalker, but. We didn't even know it was Rise of Skywalker at that time. We, you know, like, no, it was just Episode Nine. But that—that's that, where it was always going to fall. But it was still like that question of like, damn, Endgame too. Like, holy shit! Like, yeah, we had that this year. There, there's not a Star Wars movie coming out next year. There's not a huge Marvel event movie of any kind. You know, I mean, you got like them starting Phase Four, and yeah, you know, I mean, I'm I'm excited for those, but it's not an Avengers level excitement. Yeah, I think I mean those movies are still going to make my top ten, but they're not going to be at the top of my top ten. Right, and, and that's what I'm kind of getting at is like I, the, it's tough to say this year. We're going to find out soon enough, but yeah, to be to be announced yeah. at a later date. Um, all right, so let's get to the last part of the show. We're going to touch on is for the Mandalorian, sort of get caught up on where the show is. Um, now that Andy's got caught up because he was he was only up to episode four, or chapter four. So he watched chapter five within the last day. So we're we're all up to date, up through chapter five. Um, so before we actually go any further, I'm going to throw out the spoiler warning. So if you are not caught up through chapter five of The Mandalorian, pause us now, come back to us after you're caught up. We'll wait for you, I promise. We'll be here. Uh, so this is your last call for spoiler warning for chapter five of The Mandalorian. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, so if you are still listening, you I'm assuming that you are caught up for The Mandalorian, and we're just going to keep on trucking. Um, so if you need a little refresher of sort of what happened in 3, 4, and 5, th- Chapter 3 was when Mando dropped off Baby Yoda and then decided better of it after he got his full set of Beskar armor and went back and fucked some people up and stole the baby back. Okay. Uh, pissed off the Bounty Hunter Guild in the process. That was 3, okay. Uh, chapter four, he retreated to a backwater world in a small town, met up with uh, Cara Dune, and they f- helped the village hold off an ATST. And chapter five had him stop at all places uh, tattooing, where he met some noob bounty hunter, and he's still being hunted by whoever's after him for taking Baby Yoda, which we still don't really know who specifically yet. Uh, so where would you guys like to start? I guess start with, with number three. 
just sort of like go episode by episode and sure. touch on whatever? Okay. Uh, so what stood out to you guys with uh, Chapter 3? Um, Anything fun and exciting? What do you remember? I mean, obviously, the Mandalorians coming together at the end of that episode was an awesome scene. Oh, yeah. There's the standoff, and he's kind of holding his own against, like, this group of bounty hunters. And then when it just seems like they're about to take everything over, in come the other Mandalorians. Um, And I think... Live-action Mandos on jetpacks. It's fucking great. It was awesome, Kicking ass, like, yeah, like... That that was a fucking amazing scene. And then, like, the whole, oh, I gotta get me one of those. When he refers to the jetpack, it's like, oh, yeah, (laughs) our Mandalorian that we follow around has to get one of those. That's how I feel like I want to be in Battlefront 2 when I'm one of those jetpack troopers. (laughs) And then that's not me at all. I, like, run into the wall and then get blasted afterwards. So it's like... (laughs) "Ah!" Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys catch that the the big Mandalorian that he sort of faces off with in the inside the guild was voiced by John Favreau? I did no. not catch that. Oh, nice! Really? Yeah. Cool. John so, Favreau put himself know. in as a Mandalorian in canon. I like it. Well, I thought I thought something. I thought I read something that that was like a a Vizsla. So that's like the line from his character from Death Watch in Clone Wars. Really? Like he was pre Vizsla in Clone Wars, and the guy that he plays in or the, that he voices in The Mandalorian is that lineage. John Favreau mm-hmm. was pre-Vizsla in Clone Wars? Yeah. Like, vocally. That was when him and Filoni met to come oh. up with this idea. Okay. So, here's... I can't remember which episode this specifically comes up in, but I feel like it's in episode three. Might be four. I think this is in four, but it applies to the discussion we're having. Pretty sure our Mandalorian is not actually a Mandalorian. No, from yeah, he, I uh, believe the discussion that he, is, he has in four. Yeah, I believe that he yeah. is not. Oh, refresh my memory then. He's like recounting to the woman he should have shacked up with, but couldn't. Because um, <laughs> he doesn't want to take off his helmet. <laughs> well, that and like the the you know the bounty hunters are going to keep coming for the kid and all that. Yeah. Like, so. There's all that going on, but he's, like, recounting things to her. He's remembering, and he says, like, the Mandalorians took me in, is one of the things he specifically says. So that leads me to assume that he is also, like, Boba Fett, like Jango Fett, not a Mandalorian. Gotcha. Honorary member. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's an honorary Mandalorian, not an actual Mandalorian. Right. I find that interesting. Well, then that that brings a lot more weight to the scene where the Mandos show up to help him. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And the whole conflict between them, because they would know. And they're kind of looking yeah. at him like, is this the way? And he's like, no, this is the way. And he's sticking to it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, that's a a look back. You know, like because you find that out after they did that for him. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that was a nice add-on. And I'll, I think it'll be interesting then, because then obviously... So I think we had talked when we were talking about one and two. That oh, he must have been there, you know, during the siege of Mandalore. You know, and like maybe that's you know like the PTSD flashbacks he's having and all this. And then, uh, yeah. and then it's like, well, now I guess not because if he's not a Mandalorian, and he was taken, yeah. In, yeah if the Mandos took him in, it it's presumably after 
like his family was killed or whatever from whatever droid occupation that is that we see. Right. So we don't know where he's actually from or who he actually is at this point. And I right. think that's an interesting take on things. And I think now, because we had talked before, um, also about whether we wanted to see him take off the helmet. And now that he's not actually a Mandalorian, I think it's going to happen. Um, oh, okay. I don't know whether or not I want it to, but I think it's going to because he's not actually. Yeah, a I still, I still don't want it to happen, but yeah, I guess I I could see the reasoning now if it does. Yeah. Did you did you guys sort of do a little like internal or just even uh, a little bit of a gasp when he shows up with the brand new shiny Beskar armor? Yeah. yeah, I was like, ooh, it <laughs> felt like video game level up. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. I, right. I think I said like you just we, we might you just made it to a new yeah you just made it to a new town and you bought their whole inventory <laughs> of armor and you're just like oh yeah <laughs> badass for now yeah like get to the next area that right. higher level than me. <laughs> well, I love that. Like I don't even know if he consciously was thinking about it at the time. Like okay, I only have one good shoulder pad and a helmet of this Beskar maybe. And I'm going to drop the Baby Yoda off, but I don't really feel good about dropping the Baby Yoda off. But I'm going to take this best car they give me, uh, go get a full set of armor, and then I'm going to come back and fuck everybody up. I feel like that's not the case, because he almost leaves. Like, he's yeah. in his ship on his right. way out, and he turns around. It's like, it's a, li- it's a little different. But still, like, if that was calculated, it's a pretty like, good cal- props like, to him, yeah, oh, because yeah. that's the smart way to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you don't, like, if you have the ability to go and get best car armor made, you don't go in fighting before you do that. Oh, right, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, let me upgrade this after I fight the boss. No. He wouldn't have been able to use the, what were they called, whistling something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the arm rockets that he has? Yeah, those things Whispering death or something like that? Something, yeah. They had a fucking cool name for it that I don't remember, but, yeah. Just seeing those go off, I was like, fuck yes. Yeah, that was cool. (laughs) That was was very Iron Man-esque. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I had something Uh, that slipped my memory. So go ahead. Well, I was gonna say any of the, I mean, really any of the chapters are fair game. So I don't know if there's anything specific you guys want to touch on. Oh, I don't know I, if there's anything else in chapter three to touch on that I have in my head. I mean, not from chapter three, but like you, you were talking about like having that moment where you like squee at the screen because something excites you, like the Mandalorian in the Beskar armor. I had yeah. that moment in chapter four with the Loth Cat that's in yes, the from Rebels, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like what, whatever restaurant or whatever. I was yeah. like, "Holy shit! Yeah. They made a live action Loath Cat." I yeah. want it. <laughs> like that was so cool. That, yeah, looked fucking good too. It really did. Yeah. And now, how like, awesome is Baby Yoda in wolves? Chapter Four? He's so oh damn God. funny in Chapter Four. <laughs> Stay here, and he's just like. <sighs> <laughs> or, or was that the one where he hits the button in the ship at the beginning? I think so. Like yeah. when he tells him don't touch yeah. that, and he They're just like, like keeps looking yeah. at him, and then hits the button, <laughs> and then he tells him to stay, and then he shows up like right next to him as he's walking out, and he's like, <laughs> "Fine, you can come." And then he's in that fight with what was her name? Caradun. Uh, he's yeah. fighting her and then they're both pointing blasts at each other and they both look up and he's just sipping his soup watching him like <laughs> <laughs> I, so there's badass. so many memes that have happened from that oh, moment yeah. of him drinking the soup yeah. it's awesome <laughs> it's like, so many baby you to hold my soup memes <laughs> <laughs> like you know it, like there was a short period there it was a few days or a week or so where Disney was trying to like shut down baby Yoda on the internet like, they were trying to shut down the memes and the gifts and all this, and they were taking stuff down, and it was like, what the fuck are you thinking? 
This is free advertising. This is like oh, yeah. people love Baby Yoda, and you're like, no, we want to ruin that. What? Well, I Who think made that call? One, they, I'm sure as a company, they want the money from whatever people are buying or selling with Baby Yoda. But I, I don't also have a feel like with saying you can't sell stuff with Baby Yoda on it. But they were cutting right. off like any image of Baby Yoda on the internet. Like, yeah. So this is something that like I. I know a lot of people that, especially after even after episode one, everyone's looking for where do I get my baby Yoda merch at? Right. Because there's nothing official out there to get. And I think the last thing I saw <clears throat> was we're getting some plushy stuff. I think uh, that you can order now, but it's not shipping until February. Yeah, I think I put that up oh, on the they, Facebook. They actually page. brought it back to February because the last I had seen yeah. was May. So they've actually okay. upped production to get it out in February then. And I think Funko I can't remember Pops if we talked too, about yeah. it. And I can't remember if we talked about it on the on the show or if we just discussed it off off air type of thing. But I understand there's a demand and people are like, why can't I get this now? You have to understand that the amount of secrecy that went into this show to hide this from people. Right. And I think that was at the request of Favreau, from what I understand. And the fact that Disney marketing agreed to that, like... I assumed that they would have something waiting in production that as soon as the episode comes out, they basically hit the green light and it starts to manufacture all this stuff that they can then ship to stores a week or two later. Yeah. They must not have had anything ready. Right. Because and my only assumption is that they were assuming that stuff would leak. Which so they didn't want to have any physical happens. products. Right. So I applaud them in that sense for keeping this a secret in that way. I can for sure. not that I'm really clamoring for my baby Yoda stuff, but I can wait a couple months. Just the fact that that was a surprise that was held for the show, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, yeah, and I'd like I cannot wait for the internet explosion if baby Yoda dies. Oh yeah, <laughs> the internet will just implode. Everything how how will... how worried were you guys in episode four when you heard that blaster shot? Did oh, you think, did you think he was going down? I thought maybe they already used that trick once before. That was in episode one when they faked us out the first time. So, um, I, I kind of thought he might take a shot at him, the sec that in that episode, but miss. And I, I didn't expect him to hit Baby Yoda. I expected the shot to go towards Baby Yoda. I was even thinking hit another kid. Baby Yoda would use Kylo Ren blaster freeze. Oh God! <laughs> and stop the stop the bolt. But yeah, I didn't expect to get shot in the back misdirection that way like that you but, imagine that just baby yoda just having done that just like ah, and grabs yeah, a blaster he's, bolt he's cool with it yeah i'm i'm expecting more force powers from baby yoda i'm surprised they've only utilized it once right it took well, a I, lot I, out of them though so right i've had a like a, a theory of my own about the species um it, this is, by the way, this is by no way at all canon or anything like that. This was something I was considering. Since we know Yoda lived to be 900 years old and all that, maybe this species, race, whatever the hell it is, maybe they age based on their connection to the Force. Because um, when you think about it... Meaning... The more they like use the Force, the more they connect with it, the more mature they grow. Okay, and so he's he's that young because he doesn't use the force that much. Right. Okay, I, it was just a thought that occurred to me because like the the numbers don't add up, for, like to me, in in terms of like age versus. But that's our. It, it doesn't really make any sense, anyways, because you can't put it together. It doesn't, so it's irrelevant. But 
you know, 50 years old and still a baby is kind of weird. But if it's something like that where, you know, it has to use the force to kind of progress through its lifespan, life cycle, or whatever. I don't know. I I, I could... I, I get it. It's I don't a know weird if theory. I'd, I'd put, I, I know. Yeah, if I'd put much weight in it. Like, I... I understand the whole age, like species age differently thing. So if you're going to say just an infant looks 50 years old when Yoda in the prequels is, we'll say, 850 or 860 something. Right. <clears throat> like I could I could buy that. Yeah, it's impossible to figure out how they would age. So it was just a thought I had that, you know, maybe he <laughs> progresses in age quickly by using the force more and more. And by season two, it's not baby Yoda anymore. It's a. Uh, you know, a teenaged Yoda. Kind of the way we got, right. like, Groot to baby Groot back to teenage Groot. Oh, right, yeah. So, um, Cara Dune, is that what you call her? That's the Yeah, name. that's, um, who, oh, oh, shit, what the hell is her, who's the actress? I can't think of the actress. Oh, uh, yeah, she was, uh, Gina Carano. Crush in American Gladiators, what was her name? Yeah, Gina Carano, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that her name? Yeah. Um, how badass was she when she was taking on the Mando? Like some of those shots she had him, she flipped him all the way around, and he just like, like face planted into the dirt. I was like, oh! And to we, find out that she was like an ex shock trooper, I was like, that's yeah. really yeah. fucking cool too. It, and I think that's why she was a badass because she was a rebel shock trooper. Like she, right? She was like this hand to hand badass to begin with, right? Um, I was pleased with. I thought she like, did a really good performance. I thought she was very good. Yeah, and that so, worried I don't know me if... because her previous acting performances had not been very good, and I feel like no, no, this yeah. is the first time I've seen her in a role, and I was like, well, damn, she did good. Yeah, yeah. same here. I was like, super, I was like, because ah, I knew she was going to be in it, and I was like, oh god, this is her. It's going to be all cheesy, and <laughs> fucking terrible, and I'm like, well, <laughs> so maybe she just she's one of those people that really thrives off of very specific type of directing do you know what i mean Could like be. like this was directed by uh bryce dallas howard did you guys know that yes yeah. number four yes. so maybe yeah. the fact that it was a female director really like she got a lot of like good feedback from a female director who is actually a fairly decent actress herself do you don't do you know yeah. what i mean yeah that's, that's possible or she's just learning how to act because she was a fighter like oh right you know, could, <laughs> it could go one way or the other. I th- I, I want to tend to hope it's that way because she could be really good in other things. Yeah, you know I mean, like and she wasn't for a she long wasn't... time. I've seen her as like potentially taking on like a superhero role in a movie, right? But because she was not good at acting, it kind of put me off from wanting to see it. Right? She wasn't terrible in Deadpool, but she didn't really get a lot of to say or any kind of thing like that. So, yeah, no, yeah, she was just there, but yeah. I think it's fun that the uh, the Mando, like, I don't know, I guess you get the sense of Mandalorians being completely badass and just being unstoppable to a point. But every time this guy gets in a fight, he gets his ass handed to him for a while. He does. And I yeah. love that, <laughs> that it's like the Indiana Jones kind of syndrome where he's just going through, taking the licks, taking it on the chin and just gets up and keeps going. Like, I love that about him. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad we have that. I didn't want to see a Mandalorian superhero sort of thing right yeah like, and that's what i th- i guess that's kind of what i thought going into this which is what it was going to be so i'm glad it's not that yeah like he's a badass but he's not untouchable 
in any way. Yes. Like he's in actual yeah. danger, and I, I like that about it because then you actually worry about the character. Yeah, you know, they, don't make him Superman. You know, how cute. And I did like too the uh, in chapter four. Like I guess the only other time we really see them do anything is in Return of the Jedi, but with the ATSTs. Yeah. And how menacing just one of those could be. Right. Because they're not played that menacingly, I don't feel like, in Return of the Jedi. But here, they come across... Especially, like, the the eye slits for it were, like, tinted red, which yeah. gave it a whole different type of feel to it. Well, I think that was, that like, was cool. a night type of thing. Like, if you had seen them maybe at night in Return of the Jedi, they would have had oh, that. True. So putting them, like, in that sense here and letting it be at night makes it all the more menacing. Yeah. Um, the paint yeah, job. Yeah, I, d- I dug the, that a lot. Whatever they were put on it, the Marauders, if you will, I guess yeah. is a good way to call them. The paint job they put on it, that was awesome. Um, but yeah, like it, it makes me wish, like, and I remember reading this in like the the Legends canon, but like I think specifically there was a a book uh, that had Luke Skywalker and his at least girlfriend. I don't think they were married yet, but him and Mara Jade facing off against a uh, droidica in a, in one of the books, and the way it's described is the two of them, Jedi, having problems fighting this droid is like, that's the type of stuff that I, I, I get a kick out of. Like seeing, because in the, in the prequels, those things are kind of like disposable. They become a problem, but they get dispatched pretty quickly. Well, I mean, no, yeah, I would the... say Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan flee from run. Yeah. And, e- right. and even uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin later still flee it's into a, the elevator in Revenge of Yeah, I guess it's not, it's not dr- – the encounters aren't drawn out as much as I expect. Every time they show up, they retreat. Right. Like the in, the in the scenario I'm thinking of, the two of them had to deal with this droid. So it was a lot of trial and error. Like how do we defeat this thing before its shields pop? Is there a way to get around the shields? Did, and did they do the I'm thing curious from Clone if Wars? We're gonna, do you remember? Did they throw uh, the grenades at the right speed so that it slipped in? Yeah, see, it's been a while since I read the book, so offhand awesome I don't that's remember. I got that from Clone Wars. But uh, I like I like seeing tech that is is either not dwelled upon or just like quickly dispatched or or doesn't get enough uh, weight to it when it's in the movies or another scenario, and to see it sort of repurposed and and come at it again and and make it as menacing as I feel like it should be, and really well, really hammer that point home. I mean, especially in this case where they have no artillery of their own. Right. You know, that that, yeah. that puts you in a really bad spot against an ATST if you don't have anything to attack it with and you've got open space. The Ewoks had the trees. And I wanna, you know, they had and, and advantages, I'm, but That's like I like, you know, the the battle droids get dispatched so quickly in the prequels. I'd love to see them repurpose some battle droids in like this type of cannon and see if they could actually be threatening. I mean, against things that aren't Jedi, I assume they could. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, true. In the prequels, and that's kind of what I Jedi really want to see it. Time, and it's just well, like, yeah, that that droid army it. actually did a pretty good job against the Gungans. True. Oh, true. And they yeah. actually, the droid army itself does defeat the Jedi on Geonosis before right. the clones show before up. Before the clone shop, right? Oh, yeah. They, you know, they have them cornered. But it's so. it's sort of like a um, quantity over quality for them. Right. You just right. you just you you overwhelm them. With numbers, yep. yeah. So anyway, my my two cents. I'm kind of hoping we see some revitalized droids be a menace at some point. I think right. that'd be kind of a fun callback, and it would give some 
like uh, credit to the prequels as to why these things could be a problem. Right. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I have to say about episode four was I thought it was really uh, sort of touching to see the kids gather around baby Yoda and sort of just immediately accept him as, yeah, you know, being awesome. I mean, in real life, that's exactly <laughs> what would probably happen if you put that thing yeah. out there now. They'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of adults um, would do that, too. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, anything else for Chapter 4? We'll sort of just bleed into Chapter 5 and whatever yeah, we want to touch on for that one. Sure. Um, so, I the, fir- the first thing that caught me in Chapter 5 was, like, the, the pit droids are useful. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing them pop up and actually do something, I was like, okay, that's fun. I get it. <laughs> uh, the first thing that caught me in in episode five was I think we have got our first Mandalorian starship battle. Yeah. Yes. Or, yeah. or dogfight, I guess. And and it yeah. was, I, I don't know, I really dug it. I thought it was very well done, uh, albeit short. Um, and I th- yes. I think it also displayed like why the Mandalorian ship is not very well suited for that. And he has right. to use like cunning as opposed to like his ship's ability whereas previously like we saw boba and Django have this really badass ship for fighting that was really maneuverable right. and good at it yeah his ship almost feels like a cargo ship that he retrofitted yep. yeah. to just transport bounties i mean he, he had a freaking carbon chamber in there so yeah. that's gonna take some space yep yeah he was going for like the quantity of bounties he could transport at one time as opposed to I have to fight shit in space. Right. Yeah. Which, if you're a bounty hunter and you're, you know, bringing them back live is always worth more. You really don't want to be blowing up your bounties anyways. Right. So. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, what'd you guys think of the, uh, the gunslinger, the noob bounty hunter that he finds? Oh, that guy's the, uh, a fucking tool. I, I, I've seen, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times over the last few days I've seen... The, the Harry Potter meme in relation to it, where it's how dare you stand where he stood, um, because he's sitting right where Han's sitting, and oh. <laughs> he uh, you know kills Greedo, and uh, yeah, he's definitely a tool, but I think he's meant to be a tool. Oh no, I yeah. think the actor does a very good job of being a tool, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, pre- he, he represents the tool very yeah, well. No, I didn't. Yeah, the actor did a good job, but. I didn't, the character was a tool, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think... There were some funny bits, though. Oh, yeah. Like, when he's, like, thinking he's napping and he's flipping the gun at him and trying to yeah. <laughs> aim at him while he's fully sleeping. I, I actually really dug the Mandalorian's patience with the Tuscans to sort of yeah, uh, yeah. negotiate with them, which we always thought that they were just, you know, these animals, these just marauders. savage marauders. With no, you know, respect, you know, but they they actually, you know. Well, I mean, the only interactions we get with them previously is when they attack Luke and when they they kidnap Shmeel and get slaughtered. Right, right. And both times someone is encroaching on their territory, so it's kind of justified. Right, yeah, both times it's people coming into their spot, although we don't know why they took Shmi. Yeah, I I, I I, I feel like... Oh, like, Lars's story there is, like, they came and took her. Yeah, I I felt like they were provoked at some point in that story, but now I don't... It could just be his point of, you know, his point of view 
Yeah, true. That they were just minding their business, and then they just came and took her. Yeah, that's true. We we don't know exactly, I, or at least I can't remember exactly what the story is, but it's yeah. still something where, like, yeah, they get encroached on, but he's like, oh, we're here, we want to, like, use sign language, because all you can do is grunt and, you know, shake a stick at us. So, it makes me wonder yeah. how the Mandalorian knew to do that. I mean, he seems somewhat cultured, I guess. Like, I'm sure he's been around the block. I mean, yeah, bounty hunters kind of got to know their way around and how to stay safe. That's true. You know, they they, they got to know things. You don't just start up like this idiot that's in this show being a bounty hunter <laughs> and being like a fanboy of the guild and have it right. work out, which obviously it's not going to. Um, I, I was a... Uh... Although I guess the Mandalorian knew about Sand People but didn't know about Jawas. Like he seems, the Jawas seem like a surprise to him. Right. I know. I feel he, like he, he didn't was annoyed know how to by the Jawas. He yeah. just he had not tried to deal with them. Like they were not something he considered a threat. They were something okay. like ancillary that weren't going to attack him. So he didn't have to learn how to deal with them because they wouldn't kill him. But then he didn't yeah. ever expect his ship to get stripped by Jawas. Yeah. Okay. Um. I really like the Ming-Na Wen. Agent Melinda May yeah. from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I, I really like that. I didn't expect it to be her, you know, and when I saw, like, the reveal that it was her, I was like, oh, oh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was pretty and cool. I think that's something that I'm noticing with the show that is actually surprising me is that they've got several other names to be on the show, and they're like one-offs. It's like Cara Dune was here for an oh, episode. Yeah. Ming-Na Wen, like, I can't remember the name of the character. I thought for sure uh, Ming-Na Wen was going to be in it for a couple episodes. Yeah. I'm, I was really surprised she died in that episode. Is yeah, she I really dead, that... though? Uh, I guess, yeah. I mean, we don't know who found... Fa- I, I guess you could... It looked like he shot we don't know her who found the, her. It looked like he shot her in the gut. Which isn't necessarily a kill shot. But left shot in the gut in the middle of the desert with no transport. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she moved since being shot. Yeah. I'm going to say dead. That's, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with dead. But you know, it's not impossible for people to come back in Star Wars because Darth Maul was cut in half and he came back. So let's yeah. Um, but I would say like it, it's just surprised me. You have a lot of these characters I thought would be playing bigger roles when they were announced to be a part of the show and they're not they're you know like even carl weathers you know the bounty hunter guild guy he plays a bigger role i think than ming na win or cara dune play but yeah not that much bigger he'll be back he oh yeah, yeah he's gonna be back i feel like that could be our villain kind of i f- i feel like cara dune is gonna be back as well i see yeah, that and as, i as wish a, i wish ming na, i wish ming na win would come back but it, it's not looking good. No. Yeah. My my guess is that Carl Weathers is the guy that uh, shows up at the end of Chapter 5. That's like following his trail. Oh, see, I was hoping it wasn't. I was hoping there was going to be some cool reveal that it's somebody else. See, And I feel like it could be, I, but that's out of, out of the people we know, that's my guess. I feel like see, they would have shown us if it was him. I have a I have a theory about this. Okay. So with Dave Filoni being as heavily involved in this as he is, I think yeah. that we see a live action Clone Wars character. Are, are, are no. we talking Cad Bane? We are talking Cad Bane. Oh, Cad Ooh. Bane. 
because he's the only guy that I can think of that has that cloak down to his boots and then the the sheriff like spurs on his boots as well that you kind of hear like a like a wild west sheriff okay if they give us live action cad bane oh my god wouldn't that be fucking cool that's i don't want to get hyped for it though and have it not be that so i'm gonna like i'm gonna try right right rein that in because then if it's not that i'm gonna be like (laughs) whatever else it is sucks because it's not that i don't want right but i but i couldn't remember i as far as i know cad bane is probably still around and doing stuff in this time period cad bane is still alive we have not we do not know cad bane's fate right right so i think and being that dave filoni is a very good fan fan service guy you know who would who would do something like that like putting like putting the um the cat in episode four you know like i feel like that oh i want it to happen (laughs) so bad (laughs) so i've got one other suggestion i would make that's on the same line what if it's hondo i just thought about that when you were talking about clone wars characters i was like who's around from clone wars that could work which would be fun to see hondo but but he has no reason to track down Mando. Right. Well, he's not in the guild, so what is he getting out of tracking him down? He's more of a pirate, baby. not a bounty hunter. Yeah, but even, like, Hondo, I feel like, is set up to have a conscience. Like, stealing a baby doesn't feel like something Hondo would do. Well, we don't know why Hondo's doing it. We also don't know where Ezra's at. Yeah, hey, but that's on. beside the... Uh, I don't know. Same spoilers. I, don't know. I like the idea of seeing... not exactly a spoiler. It's a spoiler! How is it a spoiler? This is like 30 years now later I know, after the last time I, you would ever see Ezra on Rebels. I know that something doesn't happen to him. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought spoilers were characters that do die, not ones that don't. I, I'm confused. Um, there goes your Christmas gift, Mike. It applies to all. Okay. But I think there's possibilities there, and I think that's the first time they've kind of ended an episode since the first one like the, the the other like the first and the fifth end on that hanger like oh shit now i like you gotta see the next one because the first right. one ends with like we just found baby yoda do you think we'll get the reveal of whoever that is in chapter six or are we gonna oh. is that gonna be end of the season reveal i don't know i sort of really hope that we get a reveal sooner than later we only have three more episodes right six seven and eight uh six uh, yeah Six on Friday, seven, I think, is on the Wednesday before Rise of Skywalker, and then the last one's on the Friday again. So, well, which, again, I don't know if that Wednesday before Rise of Skywalker is has some importance to it. Uh, I guess we'll, we'd have to see. But the fact that it's not releasing on Friday as scheduled is a, is a question mark for me. Yeah, like whether or not it's going to have some influence should be interesting. Uh, the other thought I had about who could be tracking him, I was like, what if it's Boba Fett? Oh. Could be. I tried to watch it again, and I don't think it's Boba Fett, based on, like, like what the, you know, the, you know the, the shins that you see. It doesn't look like Boba Fett to me, but I think that would be a fun reveal if it was. I don't think... Uh, Mando versus Mando kind of yeah. thing. But that... I don't know because we think we see Boba Fett in what episode two? Yeah, right. 
and I don't think he was wearing a cloak. Right, and that's the yeah the costume the little bit that you see kind of says it's not Boba Fett to me, but it would be a cool reveal at the same time. I'm still putting my money right now on on Carl Weathers. That's that's who I'd bet on. I just but I do like the Cad Bane idea a lot. Yeah, I like the Cad Bane idea, and I still I, I think they would show us Carl Weathers being the one following him. I don't think they would make that like I think they would just show him like tracking him. Right. I don't yeah. think there's any reason to have that be a we just show you the boots thing. Like the shot yeah. wouldn't make sense to me if it's Carl Weathers' character. Because I don't think yeah, Carl I Weathers had a cloak or uh, a cape. And I don't feel like he sort of rang when he walked sort of like a sheriff would when in the previous episodes. Right. That's fair. I thought he had like a duster or something. Like I thought he had a longer jacket like uh, that. Maybe, but the, the clanging stuff, I can I can give you right. Um, so I don't know anything else for chapter five, or anything any other predictions on where we're going from here? Because I still have no idea where this series is going. I'm looking forward to finding out. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure if is is he just looking for a place to sort of hunker down. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know what the end goal is. Like, is he just going to be on the run forever? Is he going to deliver the Baby Yoda to someone? Yeah, I think we're going to find out more based on who this person is. I think that's going to play a big is the, is the entire series just going to be Mando and Baby Yoda forever? <laughs> like, Wasn't there a Marvel Comics character named, like, Nomad who always had a little kid with him? That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I cannot confirm nor deny. Uh, I don't know. Any final thoughts for the series? I, I got nothing else right now. I'm just looking forward to what's next. Yeah, really looking forward to the next three episodes. Yeah, at this point, we'll probably reconvene after the series is done. I don't know if we'll get a chance to really talk about it as it's going. Um, We have, as far as lined up for the next couple episodes... Um, I think next week uh, we're probably going to have a Star Wars themed episode. I think it's a little bit we, we've got it prequel era stuff. Uh, we're taking a sort of a look back at the prequels prior to Rise of Skywalker. Um, and I'm hoping we can, I mean at least I'm assuming we're all going to see it opening weekend uh, when Rise of Skywalker comes out. So hopefully shortly after uh, the release date sometime that weekend or early the week after we can record our review and try to get that out after the movie's released. Um, and I don't know if we'll get to, cause at that point we'll be at the end of the month. So then we'd probably be doing our, uh, year in review type stuff or in our most anticipated. So I don't know where we'll fit in Mando. We'll see if we can maybe just get an extra one-off episode of just Mandalorian stuff to tie off the series might be able to tie between it to there somewhere. Rise of Skywalker since it's both Star Wars. Yeah, but that's going to be a three-hour episode as it is. I'm not going to tack on Mandalorian discussion to that too. Fair enough. I'd rather I'd rather do Mando by itself. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I forget how long we talk about Star Wars. Yeah, so... Apparently Ghostbusters, too. I feel like Ghostbusters hung us up for a very long time in this episode. It did. So, yeah, you guys got a jam-packed episode this this for this one. Hopefully, you, hopefully you're still with us. Uh, but I think that's where we're going to leave this one. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star rating and review. Make sure you can follow or subscribe to the show wherever you listen. Spotify, iTunes, Google. Uh, we're on Anchor now, so you can find us there. 
has links to other platforms from there as well. Um, you can find us on Facebook, search Bry Guy and Super Friends, or go to facebook.com slash Superfriends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. You can find us on Twitter at BG Superfriends, or you can try to email email us at uh, Superfriends at gmail.com. You can put it in the inbox. I'll check it, it you know, later, much, much later. And on behalf of Andy, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time.